As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, it's so nice to be here with you. Okay, we are here. We are here. We are live with Matthew Miller. But uh, I think we need a. I think we need a Bruce. I think we need a uh, word from Bruce Collins. Here. Where is my? Where is my surge button? Oh, there it is, right there. Oh. Okay, here it is. And then Bruce Collins is coming in. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh yeah. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Iron Matthew Miller, I could kick off that one effects channel here. Oh, I'm kind of busting out in the mic. Let me back this off. Okay, there we go. I'm busting the mic out. Okay. All right. Hey. So we are live with Matthew Miller. Matthew Miller texted me earlier and said, let's ride. And I was like, uh, sure, I'm go. You know, I'm ready for an Iron Show. Let's do this. Me and Leonard Oliveris, my co-host of the Iron Show, I just have to tell people now, I make official announcement, that Leonard Oliveris, the original Fringe Radio Network Mexican gangster, Long Beach, Long Beach baby, straight from the bottle, is the new co-host of the Iron Show. Oh, yes. What's up, baby? What's up? Now, Leonard is familiar with the Iron Show. So, I mean, how many Iron Shows have you heard, Leonard? 
I've heard them all, man. All of them. And so... Every single one. <laughs> when, even when the one that you sound like you were doing out of your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We, like Iron Show 1, um, almost 10 years ago on August 29th, 2009. And here we are coming up on August 29th, uh, 2019. Which means the Iron Show in about, what, 50 days from now? Will be let's see not not fifty days from now, uh be like yeah about 50, 50, 60 days from now, will be the ten year Iron Show anniversary ten years in your ear August twenty ninth two thousand nineteen we're gonna have a blowout show we hope we can get Matthew Miller and Leonard Oliveras of course and Michael Basham uh, everybody we're gonna bring in, maybe we even bring Dorian or something but uh, yeah I mean we're just like it's gonna be like a gala. Gala? Gala? Can I say gala? A gala premiere, Iron Show, 10-year anniversary, 10 years in your ear. So, me and uh, me and Leonard Oliveris have been talking to Math- about, about Matthew Miller all week. Because I hang out with Leonard all the time. You know, we're always texting each other, messaging each other, talking to each other. And so, I came up with this one idea. Because um, because when I, was a, when I was a little kid, I was really scared of the dark. And my mom convinced me after some effort, that the darkness was my friend and uh, told me the darker it is, the be- the deeper I will sleep and the better my dreams will be. And uh, in the darkness, I can hide from a bad guy. Um, in the darkness, I can surprise somebody if I need to. Um, and uh, so I came to really love the darkness when I was a kid and all the t- and growing up, I'm a, I'm a creature of the night and when we get into these long days, we say we just passed the longest day of the year, you know, and sunrise at 5.22 a.m., sunset at 9.03 p.m., and only really actually two and a half hours of actual night uh, really bothers me. I was telling Leonard, I was like, no, I like the darkness. I like it when it's like in the winter, when it's like dark at 5 o'clock. It's like dark at dinner time. You know, that's I like to be in the dark. And the thing is, is that most people don't get, is that the darkness, actual literal darkness, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, you talk about darkness, you're talking about spiritual darkness, that's bad. I don't like that. Spooky, demonic, dark, uh, spiritual darkness. That, that, I hate that. I hate that. But actual real darkness, I love to, I love to be in the dark. Anyway, so I was, I was looking at some Bible passages... And I came up with this idea. I think that God lives in the darkness. And uh, I know I looked up some verses and gave them to Leonard. Um, there's a verse, and Matthew Miller knows it well. He knows I can't tell you exactly where it is, but Matthew Miller can. Um, when it says the Lord dwells in thick darkness, and I think that is that Isaiah or, and there's also some Psalm references where he dwells in the dark. And and Leonard was saying, well, God is light. I was like, yeah, he's light. But he lives in the dark, and uh, so me and Math. So Leonard goes, "We we need to talk to Matthew Miller about this, you know. We need to do like do a show." And then all of a sudden, Matthew Miller calls at the end of the week. We've been talking about this all week, and uh, bam, Matthew Miller shows up. So, what do you what do you think about all that, Matthew? What do I think about uh, God uh, being in thick darkness? Well, I mean. 
Psalms 97, that's, that's exactly what it, it states. Um, he don't like to he don't like to mince words, and he comes out and says that during an event, the clouds are so thick around him uh, that the darkness is, well, palatable. Uh, and it's in this place that righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Uh, the Hebrew is kind of a little bit difficult uh, to read. And from this crucible, the very next verse uh, speaks about very strange things as well. It says, fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. So this, literally the only thing he can be describing is something like a, a black hole. He's saying that at the center of it is pitch black and extremely dense. You understand? It's, 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 uh, it's compacted. And all around it is consumed by what he calls, well, a fire. And then in verse 4, he speaks about it uh, enlightening, um, which is a, a barak. So we have both these things here, fire and lightning. So verse 3, a fire goes up, okay, uh, the, sense, the, the sense, well, of ascension. So before, it said roundabout. Now it, it says go up. Fire goes up. And uh, verse 4, the lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. Okay, so we know that, well, this is saying some extremely difficult things. But yes, where God is, it's saying that it is, ex it, how do I describe that? It's a crucible. It's a black hole uh, for better for better uh, use of a word, we really don't... It's a place no one can go except him. So he is like the head of a needle at the center of all of creation, and, and no other thing can go there. And what tries to approach uh, this, this, this crucible, uh, there is lightning that, that, that consumes it, or a fire that consumes it, because when you get too close or touch it, well, that's that's a good representation. It's like sticking your uh, finger in a light socket. That's what he just described. Now, let me. Well, maybe I ought to try the KJV. Uh, that might be better to read out of. Maybe. Um, the Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles. That's <laughs> interesting how he puts that. Be glad. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness. And judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. It's just like when somebody gets struck by lightning. Uh, that's what it's, it's describing. That as soon as you touch this crucible, you are nuked uh, with lightning. So in this same instance, you keep reading and, and there's so much energy transfers associated with this that it... it, it well, it says there's liquefaction involved, if you know anything about uh, geology. It says that the, uh, well, the ground of the earth melts. That's what we know, geologically speaking, as liquefaction. That's what happened during uh, the uh, New Madrid earthquake. Um, literally, uh, the people were getting up in the morning, and they would have to go check their neighbor houses because the ground would vibrate so violently that the ground becomes like liquid. And the ground would just—I mean, their houses would just sink. So every morning they'd go—they'd they'd go check their neighbors. Liquefaction, liquefaction. Yes, liquefaction. Yeah. 
So, um, you should probably keep going. I, I think I just interrupted you. You were going somewhere serious. No, no, that's that's all right. Um, I, I am finished, and that was probably a good stopping point, but it, it's very hard for me to describe. Yes, where God is, he literally just said that it's 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 like a black hole. Um, it's a place that you can't cross, and, 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 and when you do, you're annihilated. And when something like that happens, there's a flash so that the people round about can see it. That's literally what he just he just described his throne to be. But it was very dense um, with thick clouds and darkness. So, so whatever that means. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in uh, Kings, First Kings, Solomon said. Well, I guess I guess we could go with uh, in the NASB. Then Solomon said, "The Lord has said He would dwell in a thick cloud." Uh, King James Bible. Then, then, then spake Solomon. The Lord said that He would dwell in thick darkness. So, dwell doesn't dwell mean isn't dwelling? Isn't that where you live? Right. Uh, well, that's where you exist. Now, remember the 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 root word for that is a heap. Oh, so heap is created by gravity. That oh. that so so the root word means. Uh, to heap and 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 you know like when you get sand or popcorn or anything, and you create a pile and let gravity do its job, it creates a what? It creates well a teepee or a tent. It creates a mountain. It creates a a cone. That's what gravity does. That is the root word for that that Hebrew word there for dwell it, for the word that's translated yes. to dwell. Yes, oh. yes, the dwelling there. So uh, uh, this is the same uh, idea uh, that is related well in. Second Samuel uh, chapter 22, uh, because that's exactly like Psalms uh, 18. It's the same thing. It's the chapter repeated, and many people don't know that. Right. But here he uses illicit. He uses illicit language. He says, he bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. Uh, verse 11. He made darkness his secret place. Now, it's... It, it, yeah, he lives in the dark. Right. He well, well, <laughs> or not. Let let me finish this, yeah, okay? Because please. it's uh, because like an idiot, I always interrupt the verse and and try to add to it or something. So let me do the whole thing. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Okay, so this is why is tense even in here? Why does he say? Well, th this is in future tense. Okay, and the next verse. At the brightness that was before his thick clouds, past hail and coals of fire went before. So he's... he's. Um, how do I put that? Look, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord your God just said something. You just got to swallow it. Because he's not joking with you. He's not playing with you. Now, he may be using lang uh, language that is 6,000 years old. So it's it's void of any technical terms like uh, uh, like amperes or watts or degrees. And all that kind of crap didn't have this language. But he literally just told you that when he enters creation, he must enter the timeline. You see, the Lord your God, he's not on the time. He's not in time. And when he breaches that that crucible or that threshold, he creates well a black hole to show that he is he protects. Well, 
Lord have mercy. If he himself was to show up on planet Earth, this would be the event horizon for all of creation becoming undone, ladies and gentlemen, because nothing, nor no one, nor no kind can bear his presence. He, he, he is vibrance of life and, and, well, energy. So he literally just told you that when he does come onto our timeline, he creates this bubble. Oh, what's modern like? A force field. He creates a force field around himself that is, well, it's, it's a vacuum. It's not only a vacuum of, of oxygen or material, he creates that vacuum so that there can't be a transference of energy from inside it to outside it. So it's 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 like a force field. <laughs> so anyway, uh, without going too much farther, do you understand that, Johnny? What what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, I researched you know the commentaries and the great theologians of all time, you know, t- to see what they said about it, and a lot of them say that. Um, he uh, comes in a thick cloud, in a dark cloud, in order to keep you from seeing him and dying. Because if you could see him, you would die. So he comes like a shield to protect you from him. Uh, that's what a lot of the big theologians you said. I mean, that's their that's their opinion. Some some theologians think that that's where he actually he lives in the darkness. That's where he likes to live in the dark. Well, well, that's yeah, that's what it just said, and 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 let's read this again because <laughs> let me go up a couple more verses because he he does exactly what you just said. I don't care what your three what your theologians say; they're irrelevant. God's word says exactly what you said, and 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 it goes a little bit farther than that because he creates this darkness when he comes here. He not only lives in that place, but this is obviously an apparatus that needs to be transported, and he comes right out and tells you he don't have a problem telling you. He says, verse 9, he bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. Now, now listen, what is he saying? He's in this bubble. Verse 10, and he rode upon the cherub. Literally, the whole reason for there being a mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant is so you get the idea that when he enters this force field to protect everybody, then a cherub takes him where he wants to go. You don't have to like it. That's what he just said. I'll read it again. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. So he, he wasn't playing with you. I mean, he don't have a problem telling you. It's just that using language that's 6,000 years old and we don't have these... Ladies and gentlemen, 6,000 years ago, there was no such word as force field. There was no. no such thing as a black hole. No. There was no such thing as – he couldn't use that language. But right. he just told you that literally he enters this dark place. He creates it, and it's got a force field that's, that's a buffer zone. And then a cherub, literally a cherub, takes that bubble to wherever he wants to go, and then he does what he wants to do. I mean, that, that's literally what he just said, and you could have a problem with it. I'm cool with that. I don't care. I mean, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. However, uh, Johnny was, you know, thinking along the lines of, but what really happens? That's, all the, that's the only thing that Leonard and Johnny was doing was, well, I, I wonder what really happens. Well, their presuppositions were more qualified than these theologians and these experts and these... Uh, 
you know, so-called uh, Bible experts know, because if they would have known, now, God gave you two chapters, he told you this in, Second Samuel 22 is Psalm 18, it's the same chapter, same thing, it's repeated. Yes. So, if they would have known that, they would have been able to realize that, well, maybe they should take some notes from Johnny and Leonard, because you were correct, actually. Me? I was? Yeah. You know, I was tell I was talking to Leonard. I was thinking about thinking about a star. I mean, a star like God is like pure light and everything. We have, we we have verses about that. Leonard was giving me all these verses about how God is pure light. I was like, yeah, but think about a star. Where does a star live? It lives in the darkness, right? Or or where does a black hole live? It lives in the darkness. So it's like if if God lived inside of a black hole, you know, it would be like darkness is a secret place. It's like you can't go into a black hole. You couldn't go in there. You know, and it's just, I mean, just guessing at things, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's pretty wild. But, uh, yeah, I mean, think about a star. It's its its pure light, and it has no shadow of turning. You know, when uh, St. James said that Lord, the Lord has no shadow of turning, he was talking, That's a, that was an old astronomical uh, uh, saying, where, like, when you see the moon, it's lit by the sun, but as it rotates around, it wanes and waxes, it goes into a crescent, and then it goes into uh, a new moon where it's totally dark. And that's what St. James meant by shadow of turning. It doesn't have light, sh- God doesn't have light shining on him, he's like the sun. Now, if you look at the sun from any angle, <laughs> no matter where you go, it's going to be full-on light and there won't be any shadow of turning it's just because it's a light source if you turned on a light bulb you know on your ceiling every and walked around it at every different angle you wouldn't see any shadow of turning on it it wouldn't be like the moon if you turned it off and you had another light bulb on the other side of the room shining on that light bulb when it was off you could walk around and see the shadow of turning as you know as the light was reflecting off of the light bulb that was off. But as soon as you turn it on, there is no shadow of turning. God's pure light. But, like a star, I think he lives in the darkness. Because stars live in the darkness. Well, what's Leonard got to say about that? Well, you know, I, I was telling Johnny, like, when I read, the, you know, I never thought about that, you know, about God living in the darkness. I said, but when I read that, it just kind of reminds me of, like, uh, you, you know, kind of reminds like an all-consuming fire so like anytime you see a fire it burns whatever's around it so if it burns whatever around it it creates this thick creates this thick cloud to the point of it becoming dark you know and and that's what i was saying like anything that comes in contact with god since he's an all-consuming fire just automatically just gets burned up you know like we had we had fires over here in california and and all throughout the West Coast. And it was making the sky dark, you know. And when you get towards, like, the part where there was a lot of fire, you couldn't even see the sun anymore. It's completely dark. And it just reminded me of God just being an all-consuming fire. And anything that comes in contact with him, it just, just gets burned up, you know, whatever it is. And it just causes a thick darkness. And, but it's, it's interesting. I'm like, you know, I go, I'm not an expert at this or anything. I, that's why I said let's, uh, let's get some, some experts on this to, to hammer it out because it is, it's interesting. What you're saying is interesting about how God makes this protective layer 
suffer himself is actually for us. Because if he if if, if he were to come complete, we would explode. We would it, we just we wouldn't be able to handle it. Burn up. And it, yeah, yeah we we'll burn. Yeah. So it's interesting when you say that, and so it causes like that, like a black hole, you know. And because me, me and Johnny were going back and forth about, you know, light and darkness, you know, and um, we're like, what came first, you know? If God lived in the light and he was the light, you couldn't see him, really. I mean, he would have to live in darkness. There has to be the the diffluence of the universe, you know, light and dark. I mean, light things live in the dark. I mean, all the stars, look at think about all the stars. They all live in the dark. And the black hole definitely lives in the dark. Now, a black hole would be an all-consuming fire because of gravity, not because of heat. But, you know, so... And, and I, that verse, that I, didn't, I never found that verse, Matthew, where you said that uh, he makes darkness his secret place. You know, that, that almost... Well, well that, I just read it to you. Yeah. Well, I missed that mean? one. What? I could have I could have given that to Leonard and say nanny nanny nanny. But no, there's no argument that God is pure light. It's just but where yeah. he lives is in the dark. And I think it's like you know, God lives in space. Space is dark. But you can't say that God lives in space because he's he's probably in some other dimension beyond time space, but Oh, I just totally beyond this, Matthew. I know you're into science and stuff. I came up with this idea, and I, I've ran it by a few like fit cosmologists, and one of them actually liked the idea about time travel. You know how the universe is constantly expanding, so we are really moving actually, uh, really fast, incredibly fast. Just yes, because we're, we're time, heading straight toward Vega. Right, so time, and it's, but the universe is expanding very faster and faster and faster, right? So we're actually, um, it, as time ticks by, we're actually in a different place because the universe is expanding. We're really moving fast. And I came up with this idea for time travel that if you could stop in one place, you know, and, you know, hit the brakes on the expanding universe and then go backwards towards the source. You might be able to travel backwards in time, or at least if you could stop, you know, hit the brakes on the expansion in a bubble, you could at least you could like step outside of time, make time stop. What do you think of that? Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, the problem is, is how would you travel from one place to the next? Yeah, I mean, how could you hit the brakes? That's right. Let's, let's, let's talk about this in, in terms that people will understand. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're in a certain uh, certain position around the sun because we go around the sun. We make one revolution in one year. Okay, so we're here right now. You need to realize that we're going thousands of miles per hour in this circle. This merry-go-round is booking, baby. It, it's flying. Okay, and we're going so, outwards too. We're expanding, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, even if you want to go, let's say backward or forward a week, if you were to do that in the space you're at, you'd wind up in the vacuum of space because the Earth would no longer be there. It would be either a week further along the merry-go-round, or it would be a week before. So we wouldn't be in the same position. Oh, so you <laughs> couldn't really go back to the Earth, but you might be able to go back. In time, 
somewhere else. You might exactly. You could go back in time, but you're going to be in the wrong spot. So you'd have to either uh, travel. <laughs> yeah, let me say this correctly. The only way you could do that is in a spaceship. And then once you go uh, a week into the past, you would have to uh, full throttle that spaceship to go to the Earth and then land. You understand? Oh, get back there really, really fast. <laughs> yes. But yes. as soon as you, you turn, but as soon as you turned around towards the Earth, you'd just be going forwards in time, and you'd end up right where you were, right? Well, all depending on how far you went. I mean, let's say a week. How long would it take you to get back to where the Earth was? Yeah, if you could go, I mean, if you could hit the brakes and then go backwards against the expanding right. universe, right? The Earth would be expansion. really far right. away. But maybe you could send a communication. Well. A communication is a wave. A communication is, uh, you know, sound, is a vibration. That's that's what it is, whether it is electromagnet or whether if it's, uh, you know, material through water or, or anything else. Yeah. You're talking creating a wave through the firmament. That's why you'd have to, yeah, that's why you would have to broadcast on a subspace channel. That's right. <laughs> That's right. what subspace is all is all about. You know, when they talk about Star Trek, there's there's you know subspace. It's outside right. of time space. Yeah, they they are talking about the the Higgs boson. They're talking about the God particle. That's why they call it the God particle. Um, it is the microscopic particles that fill up the space between the electrons and the protons and the neutrons. There is no vacuum of space. It's, it is filled with what they call the God particle, or they also call it the Higgs boson particle. That is the firmament. Um, you would, and you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's impossible to create a wave because it's so small that when you move your hand, okay, they just go right through. They go right between the electrons and protons and the neutrons, so you can't make a wave. That's why they're trying to do it with high-energy collisions going against one another. You understand? They, they take the particle accelerator. They make them go one direction, and then they slam a particle going the other direction, and it creates this energetic explosion. They're hoping to detect some of those little, 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 little bitty particles. Yeah, mu- mu- muons, leptons. Right. Oh. That's in subspace. Yeah. That's what they're calling subspace. Oh. Oh, wow. That's that's subspace. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. It's just they use multiple different terms to confuse you. They're trying to confuse you on purpose. But, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Higgs boson, that particle, is what they also call the God particle, and that's why they're trying to, that's why they're trying to move it. If they can move it, they can send a message, just like Johnny said, back or forward in time. Yeah, this is what they're really trying to do. They're trying to get information so they can predict the future and know what is to come. The only way to hit the brakes in, uh, against the expansion of time space would be to step outside of it, right? Right. That's right. So you would be right. in, you would be in subspace when you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. I like to the think only, of the, sorry. The only uh, phenomena we have this in our world, uh, you all would know from uh, the superhero Flash. It is Flash alone that is that is able to move so quickly. Uh, that Flash can vibrate his his molecules and walk through buildings or anything else. He's so fast. He he literally starts to vibrate, and then he can move right through solid concrete or anything else. Uh, that's where that idea came from. 
um, Flash has the ability to move in the firmament. He can move as the firmament. Um, what are, uh, there's what are another those, one. Uh, what? Also, uh, way back, there was a movie called uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah. He, he, he did the same exact thing that Flash did. He would move in between the particles and be able to traverse this, the expansion. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, think of, the, of I'm trying to think of those particles that uh, they put those detectors in, in in a tank of water really deep in the earth to detect them. They go through everything. What I can't think of the name of that particle, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I'm having a slow moment and I can't remember the name of it. I know, but if it, it would be something like that, you would have to like convert to something like that where you could go through. You'd be on a different frequency, maybe. You know, the reality is 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 existing on a frequency, isn't it? Yes, it's well a, a frequency or a vibration, however you want to call it. Yeah. So if you could s- step outside of that, you could go through things like in Star Trek. You know, when they're going uh, warp, when they're going warp speed, they are going through like planets and stars because they're not because they're in subspace, so nothing really gets in their way. But I mean, that's all theory. I, I love that kind of stuff. I'm really into sci-fi. I love physics and cosmology. It's kind of in quantum physics. I've been learning some quantum physics stuff, which is really weird. But uh, um, I was going to um, take this uh, session somewhere else, and I can't think of where I was going to go with it. Wait, before you do that, hi <laughs> guys, it's Michael, Michael Basham. Basham, Basham, Basham. Michael's going to take Michael Basham of Spirit I was Wars. Ask the, the man, a question. Great to be here. I just wanted to ask about um, on any other places in the Bible, if we could just access the mind of Matthew, the biblical computer that you have in there installed. Um, what other places in the Bible, because we're looking at space, like what other words or places in the Bible does it describe space, if you're talking the firmament? or is, So you're, you're saying that the firmament is space. Are there any other words like that? Well, that's probably uh, your your catch twenty two. You're looking for words like space. That's not what he uses. He uses water for the usage of the term firmament. He does this many times. Uh, well, the verses that I just read from Psalms eighteen. Uh, he also does it in Psalms ninety seven, uh, but Second uh, uh, Samuel twenty two. He speaks of it as waters and a cloud in the same. In the same usage, and then he speaks about this being through and around inside this this darkness. When he does that, he's telling you that. Remember that uh, the use for the word. Um, what would they get the 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 word firmament? The the root of that means extremely thin. That's the same word used uh, whenever they hammered out the plates and covered the ark of the covenant in gold. They didn't dip it in gold. They took sheets and hammered it out. That's the exact same word. It means extremely thin, which is just exactly what I described Flash is doing, that he would vibrate so fast he would go between the particles. He'd move between the particles. Well, that's why prophetically when he speaks of it, he uses the word waters. He calls it the waters. So you're looking for um, you know uh, uh, the wrong terminology there you're, because there's nothing in it. So – You've been taught by science that it's empty, it's a vacuum. No, it's not. This is why uh, a black hole is a crucible for mass. What is mass? He literally tells you in several uh, different places that 
this is where this 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 firmament freezes and you're able to understand that what he's saying is that this firmament gets clumped together and it freezes and that creates a fantastic amount of mass you just described a black hole yeah but you're you're describing the antediluvian canopy right now so and i'm a big believer in that and the antediluvian canopy theory which we you can't prove but there's been really good research on it by really credible scientists that the earth uh, before the flood was covered with a shell of water uh, one layer of a thin layer of water a shell and then a layer of car- frozen carbon dioxide above that and uh that and then after the flood, when God uh, released the floodgates of of the heavens, the shell broke and melted and came down and covered the earth with water because it was made out of water. So I mean that's the antediluvian canopy theory, which it just sounds like you're describing it. You know, it's just <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I absolutely know what you mean. Because it was um, frozen. It was in space around the Earth, and it was frozen. And it, yes, it, it was... It, Kent Hovind well, had a lot of teachings about that, right? The antediluvian canopy. And that's kind of a... That's sort of a foundational like creationist perspective on, on the pre-flood Earth, right? Uh, I'm not going to speak to whatever Mr. Hovind did or did not speak about. I'm no expert on what... On Amen what to that! <laughs> Well, I mean, no, I'm not trying to say anything bad about it. I'm trying to say that I don't know what he taught about it. So I don't, I don't like him myself. But <laughs> oh man, I was I don't, just about to say we should bring him to the network. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like Chris Pino either. I actually flew out to a conference so I could slap him, but he didn't show up. So Chris Pino is the, Chris Pino's <laughs> yeah, the guy I'll... that says that America, you know, was built by. By uh, evil people, you know the founding fathers were all evil, and uh, we shouldn't. And also because of the divine right of kings, America should have never uh, become a nation because we defied the king. He believes in the divine right of kings. You can't defy the king. You can't fight the king, and which is what we did. So the whole foundation of America is evil. I don't like Chris Pennell, man. I would like to slap the piss right out of him, <laughs> and then hug him, you know, because he's a brother in the Lord, but. Well, just for clarification, I, I, I have no desire to slap Mister Hovind. Uh, it's just that I don't I don't know what he says, so I'm not I'm not uh, sure. You you if have a, you have a desire I, I you have know. a de- you have a desire to slap me though. <laughs> On many occasions, not just the present one. <laughs> What's up? <that? laughs> it's true. What? Smack Johnny. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. Uh, do we have Joe Musidl on with us or what? Uh, is he? he uh, oh yeah. Hey Joe. Am I on? Yeah, on? <laughs> baby. Hey, you sound <laughs> good. You sound good. You sound good. I got you going through. I got you going on your own channel through a third octave EQ. So. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, you nice. sound good. It it sounds great, but I'm thankful that I have no idea what he just said because I would create massive trouble if I knew what a third octave was. It's one of those you know equalizers, but it has 31 knobs, and it, it covers a whole third octave of the frequency spectrum. So I can dial you guys in pretty good now. I've upgraded the studio with massive technology invented by John. <laughs> so anyway, it really looks like a spaceship. So what star is command base? 
the picture of your studio, Johnny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> hey, uh, what does Joe have to say about all of this stuff? What do I got to say about all this stuff? You guys are crazy. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, I really like the topic that you chose, Johnny. Uh, really good stuff. Um, you know, I was, I was actually kind of, uh, when you were looking at that, I was kind of looking at Job 38 as well. Um, gosh, I got so many tabs opened up, but, and, and then, uh, when Matthew was speaking there, I kind of got, um, in my mind, a picture of, uh, I guess a, a jet when it goes supersonic or breaks the sound barrier, that uh, release of energy as it's uh, breaking the threshold. And that's kind of uh, one of the images that came to my mind with with the uh, descriptions of the uh, of what God gives. It's like that in a simple way. That's kind of a simple analogy to it, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm good at simple. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, you're right. Um, Job 38, uh, there, verse 8, 9, and 10, really really does talk about this thing because he, he describes it, it perfectly. He says, or who enclosed the sea with doors? He's talking about the firmament. When bursting forth, it went out from the womb. This is this crucible place. When I made a cloud its garment. And thick darkness, its swaddling band. And I place boundaries on it and set bolts and doors. And I said, thus far you shall come, but no further. And here shall your proud waves stop. That's what he's, that's what, that's what he's describing. He's saying that you're not going to be allowed to do what Johnny and, and Flash and Buckaroo Banzai can do. You're not <laughs> going to be permitted to do that. But in our super bodies, we'll be probably be able to do that, right? Resurrection bodies. Oh yeah, man. Uh, uh, that's probably what the Heinz feet is talking about, and our high places. What does that mean? Well, I think it, it's referring to exactly that. We will be able to transverse the firmament. We'll be in we'll a be higher place, a higher frequency, uh, maybe. Right. We will be a well composed. The resurrection body is composed of uh, these Higgs boson. God particles. That's that's what they're going to be. Jesus walked through I, the wall. I love that you're bringing everything to the fact that science comes up with these words, kind of like this legalese to make it really hard to understand. But the Bible makes it really simple to understand if you have a spiritual mind. And like, and the verse that comes to me is like, he bent the heavens and came down. I mean, that could actually be space warp technology. You know, bending the heavens. That's, yeah, the Lord might actually have. I don't know who it was that said this. Isn't my. This is not my revelation, but somebody. I think it was um, Jerry Lee, the uh, the Manifestor Yada guy, Doctor Lee. He talks about that scripture meaning um, space travel, like faster than light warp travel, is bending the heavens, coming down. What do you think about that? Well, I thought that's what I said. Um, Yes, that, that's exactly what I meant when, okay. when I talked about Psalms 18. I mean, I I read it. I just expected everybody to, to believe it, I guess. But, yeah, that's what it says. It literally says that he bowed or bent. Uh, it's, it's, well, what Michael's talking about is the verses that I read, literally what it means is, is if you're inside a tent, 
And let's say Johnny goes on outside of the tent and he sticks his finger in it. On the inside, you can see where Johnny's finger is because it creates a a, a bubble or 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 a a dent. A dent. Yes, that's exactly what Psalms eighteen said. Now, it, it, so look, I just have to say it. I mean, that's exactly what he said, and well, that's what he meant. I mean, he literally said that. I mean, uh, look, please look this up yourself and think about what Michael just said. Psalms 18, verse 11. He bowed or bowed, whichever word you want to use in English. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. And he says that this bubble, I mean, look at it that way, ladies and gentlemen. God was outside, okay, and he stuck his finger on that tent, and you're on the inside, and 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 you see this bubble. Oh, and you see the, the dent of that tent. You see the dent in the tent coming yes. through. Yes, and that oh. dent transversed the heavens, riding on the back of a cherub. Wow. This, this cherub carried it. So please read Psalms 18 verses 9, 10. Well, just read the whole chapter, and you'll see what what Michael just said. Yeah, that's true. That's what God did. He, he, he wasn't playing with you. I mean, that's just what he said. And, well, it's because, it's, because God is no respecter of persons. This right. is why he tells you everything that is to come. Because you can't stop him. No. Do you understand? No. So he will just tell you everything. Now, his children are supposed to be comforted by what he said. But that's why he says it, ladies and gentlemen, because he's no respecter of persons. Because he knows you can't stop him. There's nothing you can do about it, but when he wants to come here, he tells you what he does in Second Samuel chapter 22 and Psalm 18. That's how he comes down here. You don't have to like it, but he did tell you. I mean, you at least know. And we just have to sit around here using modern language and trying to explain that to people, that that's exactly what he did. He creates a, a, a subspace bubble, and this bubble... Is, is 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 like a force field, and then a cherub transports it to where God wants to stick his finger through the tent. And he goes, boop, he rips it, he comes inside, inside this bubble. So uh literally he told you how he how he does it. <laughs> and you you don't you don't have to like it. I mean, but he did tell you. So I like it. Well uh the CERN people and we know they're so occult and uh, there's been oh, yeah. it's, that's a horse that's been beaten to death, but we still it's still alive, so we still gotta beat it. But right. the CERN uh complex and all the weird rituals and all the the, the, the arrogance of these guys that right. they think that they're gonna just and the verse that comes to mind is I will ascend and right become like right. the most higher higher than i will ascend it's the luciferian like and i think there's something about that too well, that these people are trying to ascend above uh the most high in their well, arrogance their luciferian rebellion well that's exactly why joe said what he said he said job 38 i read it to you they are trying to break those 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 boundaries and those bolts and doors they're literally uh, uh, throwing this in God's face, and they want to figure out how to detect this firmament and manipulate it, and be able to transverse this this uh, thick darkness. Read Job thirty-eight, and it's them shaking their fist at God. But know this in your heart: know this. This is what God said. I'll read it again. 
When I made a cloud its garment in thick dark and swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt at its doors, and I said, Thus far you shall come, but no further. They are not going to do what they want to do. They're not, because God said they're not. But they are going to try. Yes. Yes. It's amazing that the um, they, they must be so powerful that they actually think they have a chance. But uh, it's, it's always, it's always uh, kind of baffled me how, you know, Satan thinks he can, you know, defeat God and rise above him. He must be very, very powerful. But not powerful enough is the thing. Because God dwells now in a secret. I am the master. You know where it says God. Only a master of evil, Dolph. <laughs> you know where it says God dwells in a secret dark place. It's like um, he's saying you can't get to me. You know, Satan can't rise above because I'm in the secret place. He does. Nobody knows where God is. You know, you can't you can't get him because you can't find him if he doesn't want to be found. Which is uh, just I'm just I'm just I'm just riffing right now. So I mean I don't know. I'm riffing, man. I'm just riffing on the Iron Show. <laughs> I That's awesome. This is where we need to be. This is where guys like us need to come together and utilize the powerful mind of Matthew Miller and the wisdom of the Johnster. And and I want to hear what Leonard and what uh, Joe has to say too. I, every time really I'm with these guys, Joe and and Matthew Miller. I feel like, have you ever seen that Star Trek where um, Captain Pike uh, gets captured by those big brain aliens with the veins pumping <laughs> yes. in their head? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Captain Pike with the big brain aliens. <laughs> and I'll tell you. you not just say that. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you a, a true, I'll tell you a true story. True story. Honest to God. Cross my heart. If you watch that episode, the short guy with the fat cheeks, the alien with the big head, not the guy who's talking because that's, that's actually a woman, but his buddy, the shorter guy that's kind of got fat cheeks, that's Peter Marlon Jones, and my mom bought my first motorcycle from him. He became a talk show host in Portland, and he, he got on this, his show and said, hey, I want to sell my Honda. So mom called him and bought the Honda from him and gave it to me for Christmas. So my first motorcycle came from that big-brained alien. Isn't that trippy? Was this we, before or after they harassed Captain Pike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was always bragging to my friends, you know, cuz everybody'd seen that episode in the 70s. I'm like, I got my I got my bike from that alien. <laughs> the menagerie, right? I think the that menagerie. Was yep. Thank you. Thank you. There's there you a, there's hey, a you're welcome. That's good for something today. Matthew Miller knows his stuff. Hi, I'm a, I'm officially a Star Trek guru. <sighs> nice. Me too. I'm a total Trekkie. I know. Um, Think about it, though. Gene Roddenberry was super influenced by the occult, and those shows are telling you a lot more than just somebody's made up imaginary things. You know, there was definitely um, connections there to reality, which, in in a sense, we're kind of taking it back for the kingdom when we talk about it, and bring it back under the authority of the scriptures. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, our resurrection bodies and in the resurrection and everything, I think that it'll be a lot like Star Trek, you know. It just Well let's uh, let's let's see if we can make some correlations here. So so you have you have the Christians and they're Vulcans, right? 
<laughs> but but the people who's not the Christians, they're the Romulans. They're the evil Vulcans yeah, and right? the Klingons. Those bastards. And 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 they killed they my son. And they become Christians and they convert. They join what the Federation. Can you get in trouble um, uh, if you're bad mouthing the Klingons? Like, are you like a racist against the Klingons? Because I don't like them Klingons. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I really, I don't like or dislike them because uh, they really don't exist. I was kind of just joking, but I, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd have to call me a racist, but that's not really. You have to be a human. To yeah, to put that you yeah, you have to put down another human to be a racist. I think you can be a racist against aliens. Well, I don't like I, those Klingons. I, I kind of disagree with you because oh, technically, uh, technically, with uh, people that have a lot of money, they could go do plastic surgery and probably become a Klingon or a Romulan if they wanted to. What about that guy Just, that turned himself into a cat? Have you ever seen that guy? No, I've never seen oh, that cat. Are you man. Real? Yeah, he had all this plastic surgery. He turned himself into a cat. It is really well, freaky. Have you seen that guy? Well, good for him. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I'll have to put it in the show notes. He's pretty famous. Scary. I would never. You know, he changed. He had his mouth totally redone to be a cat mouth. It is freaky. Yeah, I, I, I did see that guy. I think it was on one of those, uh, like Ripley's Believe It or Not, or some one of those kind kinds yeah. of shows that I I saw that that he spent uh, huge amounts of uh, capital to do this. Is that a sin? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Is that a sin? Well, I mean, if he's against tattoos, uh... actually, tattoos. I don't think the Lord is against tattoos. I think He's against uh, tattoos that um, mark your uh, dead relatives and friends. Oh, good grief! Do you know what the Lord's against? Uh, okay, what? I'll tell you what the Lord's against. You buying tattoos. Or whatever else you want to do with your bodies when you have not taken care of the widows and orphans. Yeah. That's what God's against. Yeah. Okay? So if you want to get technical, and I like that. That's good (laughs) theology. That is excellent. What about podcasting? Is God against podcasting? God is not against podcasting as as long as, well, let's say that again. As long as, well, this is a short version. If you can follow the Ten Commandments and stay within the boundaries of the Beatitudes, podcast the crap out of yourself. Yeah. But you're going to act like an idiot. I mean, you can sin with anything. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to sin, if it's your heart content to show your stupidity, well, you can do that using anything. Display rebellion. Yeah. Just go harass somebody, anybody. You know, I studied the tattoo things because I have friends with tattoos that are really worried. And it oh really my. it really looks like God doesn't approve of you marking yourself for a dead relative or a friend. Well, you know, uh, I oh mean, you know, you know about that passage, stop. Matthew. Stop. Okay, stop. There's a, look, I worked in a homeless shelter, people. And I've seen whores and people with tattoos and people with earrings and people with genital uh, 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 piercings. Oh, yeah. I've seen them all get saved. Oh, so I don't, I really don't want to hear this crap. Really well, don't. I lived in a homeless shelter, so... No, no, just there you go, you know. Mm-hmm. God doesn't care. He's going to save you, so do not get tied up in that crap, okay? I mean, 
Yeah, you could. I will say this about tattoos, though. It does identify, and for law enforcement, it identifies you quite easily to be apprehended if you have. That is the that is the least your worries. I'm not worried about that, but I think like the push behind them recently, like everybody's got tattoos now, and you just think like, why? What? How did this get like so big? And they're moving us towards um, body modification. I'm looking at this big brain alien picture right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be like that, but see the short cat, one. See the short one. Going to get see the mark the sh- of the beast and that kind of stuff. So. You see the short one on the side. The short one, the fat cheeks. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's the guy that sold me my first motorcycle. Well, the problem with like that the kind is of guy that would ride a motorcycle. I'm sorry, I totally, I totally uh, blasted you out, Michael. Please go on with what you're saying. No, that was it. No, I'm just putting the kind of the Big Brother aspect of it into this that, that the reason for the promotion of tattoos um, is quite obviously that they're. It's not whether or not they're good or not. It's just that they're getting us used to the idea of total body modification oh. and. Um, well, oh, they're getting used to us. Be, they're getting used to us taking the mark. Well, yeah. uh, that's you what know, you're saying, and it allows its perfect recognition for uh, the host and even wicked spirits to track you. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't have any tattoos myself. I, I I always figured I would regret it. I was thinking about a mom tattoo on my shoulder, but probably I'll never get one. But yeah, I mean, if the tattoo thing, Michael was making a really good point. They're getting us used to being modified to where the mark won't be any big deal when everybody's already marked with all these tattoos. And Matthew Miller is the only one that I've talked to actually that has the. Uh, end times theology about the mark that I was taught in my early formation in 1985. Uh, the people that discipled me taught me about that. That it's not going to be. I was um, Matthew might have changed his mind, but a long time ago I was talking to Matthew about it, and um, he's the same as me. It's not the mark is not going to be some kind of uh, digital thing or, or a chip or anything like that. Any high technology, it's going to be a mark. Just a simple mark. And the reason for that is, in those days, there just won't be technology left. Every it, the the world will be in total chaos. You know, there just won't be that infrastructure to do that. So it's a simple mark, a, probably a a burn or a tattoo, like maybe a laser burn. Matthew, have you changed your position on that? I don't change. Sorry, no, I. I come to that conclusion, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. No, I'm not going to change. I mean, I, I made my decision uh, based on scriptorial evidence, and that's what I'm sticking with. Uh, God, That's what God says. In the Greek and the Hebrew, he literally uses the word to mark, which means to brand, to uh, – it means to mark so you are known and recognizable and most importantly be able to be counted in a herd or anything else. So I am not going to change. Uh, God is not going to change his mind about what he stated in the Hebrew and the Greek. So when he said mark, that's what he meant in the literal sense. They are going to mark you. They're going to brand you like cattle. Yeah. Yeah, And it's not going to be like a chip. It's going to be a mark. No, 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 no. No. Sorry. Oh, so Joe agrees. Yeah, uh, you're literally going to tattoo his name on your forehead because you are going to be his. Mm-hmm. He's going to own your flesh. 
And you said that the reason for that, and this is what I was taught in my early formation, the reason it's just a simple mark is because in in those days, there will be utter chaos and destruction. There just won't be technology around very much, right? No. No, there, there will. <laughs> Look, the presence of the Lord our God is going to blow every fuse, melt every circuit, overload every switchboard. They'll put us back. It's a, it's a CME on crack. They'll put us back in the 1600s. <laughs> yes, it will take us right back to the Dark Ages. There, I mean, you will have to replace every single transformer on the planet. Um, all of the dams will, of course, uh, explode. I mean, they'll come right unhinged out of their sockets, literally. Um, this is look. The Carrington event was able to catch uh, telegraph offices on fire and bend track. It'll be ten times that. Oh, and that brings us to the sun. I've been listening to Stan Dale a lot lately, and he's been going off about the sun. It's acting up. Do you know any anything about the sun? Have you? looked into that lately matthew no i have not looked at the uh, sun for any length of time but to me that's not what the scripture declares it declares this he is not coming from the sun that's not what he said if he meant that that's what he would say that's no. why the only thing this could be is a galactic super wave and it's coming from the galactic core uh. which is so important because uh, here relatively near to us uh, when is it um what is it sometime in july uh, is it the ninth or um, yeah the ninth Saturn goes into opposition it's it's all over the news it does that right in Sagittarius right where the galactic core is mm. so we have the sign of God the Father of course that's why it has the black box at its north pole the, the wind that blows in an octagon pattern uh, it's going to be going right through the crucible where the galactic super wave would be coming from so uh, and and just so everybody knows, uh, it's you know something I haven't talked about, but I sent uh, Johnny a picture he he might want to take a look at because um, well Sagittarius uh, I sent him a picture of the uh, the Babylonian representation it's not like you see it he uh, Sagittarius has the bottom of a horse and uh, wings of course and it has the tail of a scorpion just exactly what is described in Revelation chapter 9. And on top of that, it has two heads where the hair is supposed to be. It has a dog. And, of course, you'll know that from, oh, well, it says the hair, the hair of a woman. Well, you need to understand that you can also look at that in Greek, and it's literally saying that, well, it could be two-faced, where the hair is supposed to be was a woman. And you look at this, it's a dog, much like the, of course, I'm not going to say that, that Vogel vulgar technical term for a bad woman today but when you look at that iconography you'll be able to see that Sagittarius is in the perfect representation of the way Revelation chapter 9 describes it and it's kind of scary and uh, well this would be the perfect time for it to do so but yes uh, I don't know what Mr. Deo has been studying as of late yeah. Uh, but I have never stated it was a CME. It's something a trillion times more powerful than that. It's a CME coming from the galactic core. Don't we have to be in the path? We Don't we have to be on the galactic plane in order to get hit by it? Or is it pretty wide? Mm. No, it, it, it propagates like a bubble. It's going to uh, go through everything. It's a sphere. Yes, it's a... F 
it's a sphere that expands just like a supernova, only it's coming oh, no. from the galactic core. I always pictured a, a flat wave like the rings of Saturn, but it's not like that, huh? No, no, it's 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 like a well, it's just like a thermonuclear weapon that goes off uh, under the water. It propagates out wow. like a bubble. Wow! Yeah. So you can't avoid it. <laughs> no, no, you can't avoid it. So now the um, I'm gonna switch to you, analog, guys. Oh, cool! <laughs> Get off my. Are you? Uh, okay, so okay, tell me this: um, Are you talking about um, like Isaiah twenty-four? Are you talking about like because that would do, a galactic wave would do that? Yes, a galactic wave would do that. You, you see. Oh, I lost you. Oh. Yes, there um, we go. a a galactic super wave would do to the sun what the Carrington event did to the Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to rewire everything. It and that's exactly what what he talks about several times. That it gets well. Um, me and Joe just talked about a lot uh, with Isaiah fifty one. He he uses language that it's going to be revitalized. Right, and, so, you know, uh, it would be a uh, if we get hit by a galactic superwave, it would be a makeover. It would be it really would be like Isaiah twenty four, where every mountain and every island moves from his place, and um, yeah. the the yeah, earth because, is uh, clean dissolved. And I remember you right. you showed me a long exactly. you showed me a long time ago that clean dissolved is actually split in two. I thought it was just right. like wiped dissolved like a like a lump of sugar in coffee, but right. you, you said. It's actually split in half, clean dissolved, That's right. divided. Yes, it's it's divided. It's it's obviously going to do that um, at the bottom of the of the Pacific Ocean. That's the only way t- to survive the expansion of the Earth. Because as soon as that uh, superheated magma uh, hits the cold water, oh. you'll of course have hyperventilation. Once again, I hate to use this again in such close proximity, but everybody's seen uh, the the old. A video footage of when you uh, detonate a nuclear weapon underneath water, you have this huge venting of steam. It mm-hmm. oh, looks like a mushroom cloud. Imagine when you've got a thousand miles of exposed uh, magma that hits super compressed, super cooled ocean. That's five miles down. You'll have hyperventilation. Now, the good thing about that is that's going to act like a well, an airbag if you're in a head-on collision. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's going to it's going to save you. Literally, it's going to save you it's because you're going to have to you have to realize what what God is saying that we're going to be spinning in the wrong spot. The equator has an equ- has an equatorial bulge. Right now, you can get it all over news that the magnetic North Pole keeps moving toward Noah's North Pole. It's going right where it should. Yeah, it's a, when this happens, straight now. When this happens, he's going to stand us up. He emphatically says he's going to stand the planet up. That's what he comes right out and says. When I stand the Earth up, the Earth is going to stand up. Will we still have seasons? Set. What would that be like? There won't be any seasons, Johnny. Oh, because that. Oh, that because the reason we have seasons is because we're it's at because a twenty-three tilt. degree tilt. That's right. Oh, when, so when, it will be summer all the time, or basically? Well, it will be. We've never experienced it. Um, it yeah. should be uh, the closest we can get to it is just about the time of the equinox, when 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 night and day is of of equal length. So it will be like uh, oh well, it yeah. will be climate controlled, ladies and gentlemen. It will be climate control. 
is is how it'll be. What about the moon? Do you know anything about that? What would what would happen to that? We would have an eclipse. How often, Johnny? If it was in perfect synchronicity, all the time, every day. That's correct. That's great. Mm-hmm. Every time you would have a full moon would be, of course, an eclipse. Every time, because we'd be in perfect synchronicity. Is there any? Have you ever found any Bible references about the moon and future times? You just, you just, you just talked about it in Isaiah twenty-four. He he tells you that there'll be a, a lunar and a solar daily. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's what he says will be daily, and that's because it's going to be perfect. Well, it's going to become like a perfect clock mechanism. What do you mean by a lunar and a solar day? Well, Johnny, as <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe, but we're going to have an eclipse every month. Oh, once a month. It's, I was going, thinking... to be, it's going to be perfect synchronicity. So will you have a lot of moonlight at night? Will the will, would the moon still wax and wane, or would it? Yes, yeah, the moon would still wax and wane because it is still it. it, it the Lord our God never says that the moon is going to change speed. We are. It doesn't really say anything. It does say it, stuff, stuff about the moon, but it says the moon is the faithful witness. That means the moon is is not going to speed up and change. We are. We're going to speed oh. up in our uh, revolutions permitted. Oh, but we can count on the moon still being there faithfully. Yes. Yes. Wow, yes. you just answered my question. That's amazing. Right. Oh, the moon is a faithful witness. It's yeah. going to stick with us. That's right. It doesn't it's not going to nor can it change. He called it the faithful witness outside of time. Now, a galactic superwave is completely different from a uh, a gamma ray burst. That would be that would take the Earth all the way down to bedrock, right? Yeah, a a, a direct one would. Yes, most certainly. Uh, that's why the Lord tells us all the technical data in Isaiah chapter twenty four and the other other chapters that why He does this and why we wobble and why we um, our fat spot is in the wrong place. So we have to split and relieve that tension. The whole reason why He does that uh, is so we're not killed. I mean. Uh, all the bad people, all of the bad people, you know, ah, you know, he he says the earth's going to wobble and it's going to, you know, that that's going to terrify everybody else. But yes, because to- because I was just going to say to the listeners, they might not know this. As the earth spins, the centrifugal force makes it bulge at the equator by about 15 miles. So at the equator, the earth is bulging about 15 miles higher than the rest of the planet. So when the earth tilts back up. To, from 23 and a half degrees, when it tilts back up to, to, uh, to, to you know, perfectly up and down, uh, 90 degrees, that bulge, that 15-mile bulge will move. And when that happens, bleh, all the mountains and all the continents start, you know, moving, and there's massive tidal waves. I mean, can you imagine what would happen when the bulge moves to a different place? I mean, think about that. That's what Matthew's talking about. Yeah, it would be, it would be in game, <laughs> or or so people would think. But so he sets when, up all that mechanism to save us to relieve that pressure. Because so. we'd be in in a secret place in the wilderness. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. So God would take us to a safe place to to save us from that kind of <laughs> chaos from the earth. You know? And 
That's what he says in Revelation chapter twelve. That's exactly what he says. Where would that be? Where would that be geologically? I mean, I know yeah, you believe that's, that's what I was about to ask. Because like the the rich and the mighty men or the the leaders, the the satanic elite are going to say, you know, they're going to go into these armored, redoubt underground DUMBs and whatever. That won't and help. I don't know if that's the church. Okay, you know, the well, women okay, go to the wilderness, right? Well, let me talk wow. about some really. Matthew, that was a good question. <laughs> It's an excellent question, and uh, Joe and I have talked about that before. Uh, some extraterrestrial relocation places may be uh, Vega, for one, which we already talked about. Oh, the firmament may, this blast wave may throw us all the way to Vega, where the Earth is going. And then there is another one that is a whole lot closer. Uh, it is one of the moons of the faithful, or um, of the sign of the Son of Man, uh, Jupiter, one of the moons of Jupiter. So maybe uh, Joe would like to talk about that a little bit. But yes, we could be talking about an extraterrestrial relocation event. Joe? Oh, and uh, Europa? That's right, Europa. Yep. And it's crazy how just this week uh, we detected massive amounts of salt on her surface, which mm -hmm. uh, compounded with the simple fact of massive amounts of water there. And we are, of course, the salt of the Earth. He uses that reference many times, so... But here on Late Great Planet Earth, where could that possibly be talking about? It is most probably talking about um, the area which is around Mecca, uh, which is 666 nautical miles from the Foundation Stone, uh, which you know is the Dome of the Rock to be built over. Uh, that's my belief. Uh, boy, I don't have – we don't have the hours and hours and hours to go into the scriptorial evidence of that, but that's what I firmly believe is – is we will be taken, uh, A, either there, that, that wilderness that is around uh, that black box in Mecca, and that's why those mountains surrounding the black box is in a crescent shape, yada, 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 yada. Or we're going to be taken to Europa as the sign of the Son of Man comes inbound, as Jupiter does another grand tack. We already know it did it once. and uh, yeah. Or we're going to go to Vega. So there you go. I, I'm um, that's one of those, my answer. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't believe that the Earth is going to get a makeover, because it says there'll be a new heavens and a new Earth. So it's, I heard that gambling is legalized in Vega. So <laughs> we might have fun. Couple <laughs> couple days over in Vega. There's I'm, a lot I'm of vegans really there. They don't eat. This. There's a lot of vegans there. They don't eat meat ever. On vegans Vega. don't eat meat. Um, well. But hopefully they'll respect our diet. But I want to <laughs> jump into this deeper because look at Revelation. It says that the woman is given the wings of a great eagle. Mm -hmm. I mean, could that be like a secret space program that maybe the U.S. Well, military creates or something? Or could it be but, and then given and brought to the wilderness, which also is the place from which the, the mother the, uh, Babylon, the mother of harlots, comes i to, think she I comes think, out of the wilderness i think the wilderness the great the big eagle the big eagle's wings i think that's america i think everybody will come to america to be safe the, the eagle is <laughs> always a reference to the angelic host i i did a, a a little show on this last night this was uh uh on this very thing and and talked about uh well lot and his wife and his two daughters that uh were transported instantaneously or, or 
uh, outside of the city. Um, they they were the the two angels grabbed a hold of them and they got the ride of the eagle's wings. This is also uh, should bring us into remembrance of that uh, angel that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt during the Exodus. Did you know uh, Leonard Oliveris did a interview with the high priest, uh, the high priest in Los Angeles of Santa Muerte, and uh, it was a really good show. Uh, getting understanding, Leonard did it, and uh, Leonard's got guts talking to that guy. He's the high priest of Santa Muerte, Saint Death. That's the ones. I mean, that's the. It's sort of a Catholic twisted doctrine, but they believe Saint Death. The guy, the high priest, was explaining that Saint Death. You know, everybody's seen it. It's that, it's that uh, skull. You know, it's like an idol sort of thing. That's the that's the angel of the Exodus. That's what they believe. So it just made me think of that. I didn't. I never knew that. Getting understanding. That's why getting understanding with Leonard Oliveris is such an important show because he goes and talks to these guys to find out what they really believe and. Every time, it's like, wow, I had no idea they actually believed that. So when they, um, uh, they, they don't idolize, but they, uh, oh, Leonard could talk about it. But it's, I was amazed that, you know, their, their focus is on that angel. Well, you know, I, I thought that maybe everybody didn't catch it, but, you know, I, I read the verses from Psalms 18 when he says exactly what he does. He, he, he makes this bubble. Verse 10, he rode upon a cherub and flew and, and sped upon the wings of the wind. I mean, literally, that's what I meant. If we go to Vega or we go to Europa, literally, that's what, what Revelation chapter 12 just said. And Joe is correct. I mean, we would be riding on the back in that, in that bubble that he's in. You know, we'll have our resurrected bodies then we're changed, and that's how we get our hinds feet. We're able to do all this stuff, but yeah, that's why that's why I'm saying that because God Himself. I mean, <laughs> look, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to upset you if you're Catholic or whatever, but literally, God just said that He is going to do this motion. He's going to get here by placing Himself covered with thick darkness, and that a cherub is going to transport that bubble. Well. Literally speaking, if this is an extraterrestrial relocation and he takes us off planet, instead of uh, what happened to Lot and his wife whenever they grabbed the hands, and that's what the Bible says, it took them, took them uh, away or from the city. Uh, if that's off planet, it's going to have to be facilitated, well, in our hiding place. And ladies and gentlemen, he does tell you to go in and shut the door and wait for a little while. Well, why do you think he said that? Because if you believe what God said in Psalms chapter 11, and he really does do this, he writes in this, this bubble, how could, he, how could he tell you beforehand uh, not to be scared when it happens? He would tell you to go into your inner place or your hiding room, whatever, you, whatever version you read, and shut the door and wait for a little while until the indignation passes by. See, he's giving you a head up. I mean, you wouldn't want to be, you know, the angels grab you and 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 uh, and throw you into this bubble, and you're like, you know, you you see yourself leaving planet Earth, and you see the moon go by real quick, well, you die of a heart attack. 
unless he had told you to prepare for that event, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, so duh. I, I mean, <laughs> it's just people will read these these verses and chapters and not believe them. They won't believe them. It, they they. I would like to yeah. ask you a question. I'm always coming up with ideas. I'd like to ask you a question. You know, I was taught in my early formation that the angel of death in the Exodus, in the Exodus was actually Jesus himself. Is that true or not? Negative. Okay. Negative. Uh, based on the book of Hebrews and everything it says, from chapter 1 straight to the end, it says quite emphatically and makes his point, he is not, I repeat, an angel. He is not an angel. Right. So no. Okay. So, so the angel of death and the Exodus, um, you have to just believe it. It actually is an angel, and we all know that Jesus is not an angel. Correct. Yes. Would it be? Uh, which angel would it be? Would it be? Wh who, well, that's. Have you ever guessed at that? I, which angel it would be? Uh, well. Um, me and my son did a Christian conspiracy theory on this that there's there's actually probably two, and oh. they were the ones that were in the uh, tomb uh, when Jesus's body was not there. What about in Sodom? I were they in Sodom? Well, those guys? Was it those angels? Yeah, it probably was. And those two angels are well, the Exodus angel and the Resurrection angel. Uh, you mean what are their proper names? Yeah. I would not. I would not dare to guess it. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I was. I was. I, I'm going off with what's what's the most famous angel? I'm trying to think. Um, Michael. Michael. I was thinking maybe it would be Michael, because he does no, a lot of. He already has a job. He is the prince of the people of Israel. So no, it can't be him. He's also he's also like the Pope, kind of. Uh, he's the, the he's like the. <laughs> you did not just say that. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, like the Pope. Well, he's like the vicar of Christ, well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you yeah, see. He's Pope. Right when you see hey, Michael, right? I mean, I think you told me that. Yeah, when you see Michael, he's wearing a funny hat too. He, yeah, he. Well, he's like the vicar of Christ. I mean, right? Didn't you tell me that when you see Michael, he's representing Jesus? Well, he's representing God too. Yeah, uh, uh, of course he is. Uh, when he shows up, you better do what he says. Right. Uh, but uh, to proper name the Exodus and or the Resurrection Angel? No, I'm not. I fear God. I'm not going to go there. Oh, There's so many to... angels in Revelation, though. Like, I don't think anybody's ever figured out who they all are, and you know who does what, and unless it's like extra biblical revelatory stuff, because there's just so many angels in there. I've I tried to mark it. I tried to go like through the whole book over and over and over again. And I'm supposed to be studying for my real estate exam. I don't know why. I'm, but the Bible is like the big exam, so you better read it over and over again. Yeah, but if you get anything there's no right. Way there's no way you know what angel does what for everything. There's there's all kinds of angels in there, you know. And supposedly, you can have if, theories. If supposedly if you know their name, that gives you power somehow. But anyway, I you know we came on to a really popular thing with me that I just did a show on. Oh, it must have been about five months ago. I saw doc. I listened to Doctor Michael Heiser. Uh, about guardian angels and he was trying to make a case that they don't actually exist but i found three or four or five or six bible references about guardian angels and did an iron show about him i said well that's what michael heiser says but look at this and it, i i almost proved that we do have guardian angels 
but I'm not all that sure. But Matthew Miller, do do each of us have a guardian angel? All of us who in who are called a, <laughs> what does the verse say? Let's just do this. Everyone who loves God and are called according to His purpose, yes, they have a guardian angel. Any questions? Well, the Bible actually says that. If That's I, what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what. Who did you say said that? Well, Michael Heiser. No, I don't. I don't care. I know you don't like Doctor Michael Heiser much. You know. You know. You know Doctor Michael Heiser, the, uh, the Naked Bible, the yeah. Naked Podcast, yeah. Bible yeah. Podcast. I like a, I like his oh, court. that naked Bible dude. Wasn't it my wife that got upset about that? She uh, something about the, the yeah. My my wife actually brought that to me. He's like, who is this guy? He's saying something. I'm like, the naked Bible. Who would name a broadcast the naked Bible? What? I mean, I thought it was for some nudist colony of you know uh, these these this nudist colony that that had encountered revival and all got saved. I, I re- she really did think that's what it meant. So, I like Michael Matthew, Heiser. Hey. I like to listen to his core theology. He does a lot of those shows and he goes into core theology, which is really impeccable. I mean, I don't agree. And then he goes into the other stuff, you know, about angels and stuff. And I simply just don't agree with him on, on a, quite a few things. But I still like him. I mean, I've done shows with him too. But uh, yeah, I, I just I don't agree with him on, on, on a lot of things he says. All right, then, then, then let me clarify. How dare he's just you like, question the mighty Michael Heiser? He's a new one. He's just like Mr. Hovind. I, I don't, I don't like him or dislike him. I don't know what he says. I don't, I don't listen to his stuff. So I'm not qualified to speak about that. The only thing that got my attention was the naked Bible guy, and that I know from my wife. Ah. But I didn't listen to anything he did. I mean, so let me say that again. Make sure everybody knows that. Mr. Hovine and 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 Mr. Heiser. I'm not saying I don't like them or anything. It's just uh, if they disagree with the Bible, fine. I don't care if they disagree with the Bible or not. Uh, but uh, Johnny is correct. Multiple <laughs> times it says that we do, in fact, uh, have guardians uh, that happen to be angelic. So that's what the Bible says, and that's what I stick with. I don't care what they say. Okay, now with the new theology. So, so hey, so hold, hold on. So are we are we able are we able to communicate with that's, the angels, our guardian I, angels? Yeah, that was my question. I have many times. I just don't. Oh, how do you do it? I just walk up and talk to them. Oh, how do you find them? How do you delete see your them? Facebook I, messenger? <laughs> hey, that would be uh, cool. <laughs> I have always been uh, permitted to know where they're at. It's just that uh, I don't look at them in the same way you do. They're 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 just my bodyguard. Right. And I don't bother them. They they don't. And right. it it's freaked out guests at my house whenever I showed them where they were at, and all of a sudden uh, their compasses always go crazy wherever they're standing. But uh, normally uh, I usually have at least one outside and one inside. Oh wow! Uh, but I don't I don't bother them. I don't. Uh, they don't have nothing for me. I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, not, not like other people. I know I'm supposed to tell the truth. I'm supposed to, you know, go to work today because, I, well, I've promised to go to work. They're expecting me there. I mean, I'm not like other people. I, I know what I know what God wants me to do. He wants me to do the Ten Commandments and follow the Beatitudes, and that's what he wants. I mean, he doesn't right. want me to do anything. You but, don't need to communicate with them. What? Right. Now, have they? Yes. On multiple occasions, they have had to... Um, let me know what was going on elsewhere outside of my 
purview, uh, and only did they do so, not for my own benefit, but so that I could approach uh, the Lord in prayer for somebody else. Oh. Uh, have they ever come up and addressed me or got my attention, tapped on my shoulder, however you want to put it, uh, for my benefit? No. They're no. just your bodyguards. They're just watching out for you. They're just there. Now, now, one time, they were pretty upset with me with uh, the birth of one of my children because I was uh, not on location, and it took me quite a time to get there. And when I got there, he was he was pretty, he was pretty pissed off. Uh because I hadn't made a vow or anything to be at that place. I was just helping some buddies do some things, but that was two counties over. So when she went into labor, I had to travel two counties. Of course, um, I was going to go the speed limit, so you know that, that took some time. By the time I got there, he was, he was pretty pissed off. Because, uh, well, I don't want this getting around, but the birth was delayed because I wasn't there. Uh, because there was a nurse that had ill intent. And uh, as mm. soon as the baby was born, they tried to take the baby away so uh, to give them their shots. I said, no, I picked up the baby. Uh, no one was ever allowed to give any of my children any shots. Um, so it made itself pretty apparent as to why he was pretty ticked off. He had to delay it because that, that nurse had serious malintent for my child. So just so everybody knows, I was always the first one to hold my baby, not my wife. Uh, that's that's my place. Um, and um, that baby never left my sight. No, it never left my sight the entire time. So um, yeah, he was he was pretty pretty ticked off because I was randomly somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. But I mean, in my defense, he didn't tell me it was going to be that day that the birth was. He just well, they're not. Uh, they're not omniscient. Oh my goodness! They, they, they're not God, ladies and gentlemen. They don't know everything, and they didn't know that I had. My friend had asked me to help them, uh, uh, help them out with a problem they were having at their house. So I went over there to, uh, to fix that. And you know, he just didn't know about it. I mean, he wasn't there. He wasn't at my work. He wasn't there or anything. And I just decided to go, go help him after work. So he was pretty pissed off about it. But anyway, you know how the Bible says that Jesus was created. On when he was on earth, a little bit lower than the angels, as a human, would you say that we are all about that in that place as humans, just a little bit lower than the angels? Would that describe right. us too? Right. That would perfectly describe us because we've been given dominion. But so. we were made ultimately to rule over angels. Right. right? right. So right. now we're yep. a little bit lower, but after we resurrect, we'll be quite a bit higher, right? Right. Exactly. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I just posted a photo of, I, yeah, I actually did. have a photo of when <laughs> your guardian angel was, was Matt, you, Matthew. That's, that's uh, an amazing story, though. Seriously, that is yeah. that is really awesome. And I have something to share as well about angels, just that just practically um, when you are saved or if you're someone who has a praying grandma or whatever, you are on an echelon of government and future government that you need angelic bodyguards and you're already you're going to be a target for the dark side like they're going to they don't really care about most of the people that aren't even a threat in the spirit realm but once you are going to be then the demons then the witches then the this evil side starts to really target you so you need I just think you need as many angels as you can get you know 
What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you need them for protection. I mean, that's why God sent them. They're looking out for yeah. you. But you know all this new theology, Michael, where, and, and some of them are kind of on the Fringe Radio Network, where some of them are actually communicating with angels. Now, what I want to know, I want to ask Matthew, is that a sin to try to communicate with them? Well, is, is that a sin? Yeah. Uh, is that wrong? No, no I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that was a particularly a sin. Why would it be a sin? Um, you know, a I lot mean, of... You would, in, you would, in essence, be saying that anybody who ever talked with their angel was sinning by talking to them. No, no, you're not sinning by, by talking to them. You know, um, well, I was going to, you know, a lot of the mainstream church is really bashing these guys for talking to angels. They think that's really evil. And, like, they think it's new age. But that's, to me, I, I don't see that. I mean, you know, is it, is it wrong to try to communicate with an angel? And Michael knows what I'm talking about. We're, we're getting into that area with, with a lot of these new guys. And they do that. And, right, Michael? So, but anyway, I was just wondering if that, you know, are these guys, you know, committing sins by communicating with angels? Well, well so, what do you mean by so, communicating? Like what, asking them for advice or asking them what they should do? Or what do you mean by communicating? Um, you know, uh, at, uh, I think uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> I would have to get into it further, but. I know that they they use angels to help them pray to God, like as a like if when two or more are gathered, and where they're alone, they'll ask an angel to pray with them. Um, and I, mean, I know no, you don't you don't have to. What ask do you think happens do? after you right. talk to Jesus all well, day? Like if you have a really good long time yeah. of prayer and communion, yeah. I mean, it's not like Jesus is going to be like, "Nope, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else." I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to seek out like spiritual experiences for the sake of spiritual experiences but yeah. when it's something that is important and and you're I mean I've been having dreams I don't really have time honestly to sit down and pray like I used to to be completely honest but I've been having very very meaningful dreams which I'll talk about on my shows I know we're, our time is limited but um I believe that we are operating in government with angels in our spirits and our our physical bodies just can't, wouldn't even be able to handle it you know you wouldn't be functional you know as a father or as a worker or as a businessman if you were to see like the full tetrahedral government of god and all the revelatory mysteries manifested and all that but um you know i mean michael heiser was his thing was just like you're not supposed to seek out angelic encounters. Like, well, okay, well, fine. But I think if you really are a mystical, like, following Jesus, waiting at the door every day, don't be surprised if, you know, somebody else shows up sometimes and Jesus is like, you gotta meet, you gotta meet this guy, or like, we need to, you need to talk to him, or, you know, I mean, I, I just, that's sort of how I feel about it. And, yeah, and, Saint, and delete Facebook. And St. Paul. off Messenger. St. Paul <laughs> said, angel, by the way. St. Paul said to be nice to strangers because some of them might be angels and we won't know right. it. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, what, so, what he said. Obviously, they're here. Or otherwise, St. Paul would, have, would not have said that. We're probably well, running I'm, in, I'm, we're probably running into them all the time. And we don't even know it. That's what St. Paul said. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, well, I can bear testimony of that just a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was one that there was a certain situation uh, going on at work, and uh, 
somebody had a seizure and went down out in the parking lot, cracked their head, and there was there was an angel there, and I was kind of surprised that other people interacted with it, and I thought that. Well, I don't want to go too far into it, but the people there didn't know it was an angel. I did, but the other people didn't. And that's why all of a sudden she woke up and got up and she was fine. They had no idea what had helped her up. It wasn't who they thought it was that helped her up. It was what had helped her up. Wow. Uh, I people didn't know it, so I just didn't say anything. I mean, I have stuff like that happen all the time. Right. That's normal for you. I wish I was like you. I want to be like you when I grow up, Matthew. <laughs> All right, guys, we 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 have to cut this short, man. I I, I got to get going, man. Oh man, dude, it was great to hang with you. Yes. We got to do this oh, again yeah, soon, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Matthew. Any, you know, to me, an Iron Show is almost isn't an Iron Show without you. I mean, so it's been good to hang with you. Good to hang with you. I've been learning a lot. You opened my eyes, changed my theology a little bit tonight. So, well, I wasn't trying to bash on anybody. Oh no, that's your style. You're the tough man guru. <laughs> I'm the tough man guru. <laughs> <laughs> right? When me and Leonard are always getting in these weird conversations, he's like, Leonard always says, "Well, we got to talk to Matthew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes Leonard gives me a call. I'm like indisposed, you know, driving or something, and Leonard will call me. Well, what's this about? What's that about? So you know, that's that, that's what I'm good for, man. I mean, you got to be. Look, I'm just the shoestrings, man. I'm so. If somebody has a question, they need to know. They're really troubled about it. God will send them my way, and you know that's what I am. I'm just the shoestring or the belt or whatever, you know. You know, a lot of maybe people don't know who Matthew Miller is. Who's listening right now? Who's who's this Matthew Miller guy? Well, Matthew Miller um, is kind of a really unique individual. He was uh, he was raised in a very very uh, deeply spiritual Christian home. And um, his his mother and father wouldn't allow him to watch TV. All they all he could actually do was um, uh, read the Encyclopedia Britannica. So he spent his youth just reading through that. He had translated his own version of the Bible from the Hebrew and the Greek at age twelve, wasn't it? You 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 translated yes. your own Bible yes. at, by the age of twelve, yeah. right? Yeah, it was before my 13th birthday. They they both had to be done before my 13th birthday. So it was uh, oh like uh, three months before my 13th birthday. I was 12. Yes, so this is the kind of person Matthew Miller is. So when he says something, maybe you won't agree with him, but pretty much anything he says is really worth considering. That's, um, Amen. that's where I come in. That's why I, you know, I kind of look up to Matthew Miller just because of he's like a genius. So, and I'm not. So, so we go to Matthew. I mean, a guy who translates, a guy who translates the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, his own version, but before the age of thirteen, I'm going to talk to him. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Where can we get Matthew's podcast and and also Joe's podcast from last night? I want to hear that. Yeah. Uh, just search End Time Tribune, you'll find it. You'll, you'll find the End Time Tribune feed, or you can search uh, according to the scripture. Uh, that's on Spreaker. But, uh, yeah, just do the End Time Tribune. Oh, you'll find it. Uh, last, last night we did the Remembrancer, Isaiah 51. So you'll be able to find it pretty quick. Uh, you'll come up with thousands of hits on it. So you'll be able to find it. it it's everywhere. It's on Google Play or whatever, uh, the original iTunes feed that is, uh, that's got over a million listens and downloads. Uh, 
all the backup, it's on Spreaker, TuneIn, uh, Google Play. I think it's on everything, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not no techie, so all I know is, is that it's up there. And all the backup uh, audio goes to YouTube, so there's a YouTube, but it, it's really don't have YouTube videos on it. It's just the audio, so if you're missing something or looking for something, you can go there. Um, Joe's stuff is uh, on on Spreaker. It's uh, a cup with Joe. Uh, he just did the twenty first the twenty first sip yesterday. So so look for that. Um, Joe, where else can they find you, man? Oh goodness, uh, I think it's I think it's on all. I'm still having some. I like I said, I'm I'm not technical either myself. Uh, me and computers don't get along, but. Um, I think it's on on most of the major things, uh, iTunes and uh, and all that good stuff. iHeart. Um, uh, I think it's up on on YouTube now. And I was trying to get uh, a separate Facebook website, but I'm having a hard time getting things to talk to each other. So, but anyways, it's it's on it's out there. Well, if you have a tech problem, you can ask me. That's what I do. I'm a techie. I'm a geek. So, I invented okay. I invented this broadcasting technology 10 years ago the iron show is coming up on its 10th anniversary in august so we're all gonna be there we'll have to drag everybody in but uh joe i i don't even care what you say i just like the sound of your voice you like this (laughs) 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 oh my goodness that's hilarious okay so so when things don't work on, on on this thing i can i can i can yell at you absolutely i'm here for you baby all right yeah, if you all listen right. to all these big name podcasts back in history, I'm the guy that actually helped them do it. So you'd be—I don't want to name any names, but pretty much a lot of these big names, Johnny was behind the tech on that secretly. So anyway, yeah, call me. Okay. Yeah, call usually me. I just I just hold a glass of water over the laptop and kind of threaten it, and and that's that's been working so far. But <laughs> that's mean. That is so mean. <laughs> okay, um, so a cup with Joe on Spreaker. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And one more time, Matthew Miller, how do I find you? Let me type it, and then people can listen to it once again. And I'll have it in the show I'm, notes. Real I'm quick. already there. I'm already. I put Matthew Spreaker, and I got Joe's, what, Joe's show. What is Matt? What is Iron Show Spreaker? Oh, chat. you're already building the page for this session. Just in the comments. Yeah, anybody listening to us on Spreaker can find. Find those links there. Okay, good. Okay, good. We'll, and we'll have those in the show notes, uh, the Iron Show, this episode on FringeRadioNetwork.com slash Iron. Oh, I'd like yeah, to baby. say before I leave. Yes. Um, Michael mentioned having dreams as of late, and um, I know I wasn't going to say anything until somebody else said something, so now I think I will. As of late, I've been having dreams about, and my wife, uh, it doesn't make any sense. We are traveling great distances, and every time we get there, the place is different. It's uh, it's well provided for, uh, like nice bathrooms and all that. Wow. Uh, but it's, 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 it seems like a, it's not a hotel, but it's a place that's been prepared to hold a lot of people. But then, we'll turn right around. Uh, a couple of days later, and have the same exact dream that now we're traveling, going to a different place. So it's 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 kind of like we're traveling from place to place to place to place, but it's a huge distance every time. 
Mm. And uh, lots of times, you know, we're walking. Mm. Like how so many, anyway, how many, like a hundred miles or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like we're traveling all the way across the country, and and at the end of the dream, at the end of the dream, uh, we get to this place, but it's it's it's. It's just a place that's been prepared for us to stay in. So uh, there's been a few times that they that they had cots all over this big floor, maybe like a, like a gymnasium or something. Like and then another time, uh, they had a bunch of sleeping bags. So and then, but there's also times that we get there and it's like a hotel or they're great hmm. big nice empty houses. Oh and wow! It's, it's 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 like at the end of a cul-de-sac, and there'll be like five houses. And all of us that are in this group, we, I mean, the houses are just open, so we just go in there and stay. So we're all really together at the end of this cul-de-sac. We're, we're spread out in four or five different houses. So it's 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 very strange. It's And this is happening a lot. It's recurring. Yeah, like over the past three weeks, it's just and, – and like I said, it's me and my wife. I mean, we're not having the same exact dream, but the same exact story. I told you to move to Portland. There are so many jobs here, man. You would get a job. You would get a high-paying job so fast here. I was telling you I was telling you something like that too, Matthew. Remember I was telling you that I had this dream where uh the ground I was it was it was like all of a sudden the ground lifted up. And when the ground lifted up, I could just hear people screaming and then I hit my head on the pole and then it went back to normal again and it was gonna happen again and this time I knew to go to my house, grab my kids and my wife and we already knew a place where to go. And when we went to this place, it was like this iron door. And we went inside this iron door, and there was a staircase that went all the way down to, like, the bottom. You know, at the bottom. And at the bottom, there was this garden. It's like a big, giant garden with these couches everywhere. And I just remember a bunch of kids in there. So I remember telling you that dream about the door, how it was just this big iron door. And I already knew where to yeah. go. I ex- I just I didn't I've never been there before, but I knew exactly where to go. Well, it was just like that dream. Only in these dreams, we get there, and then the next day we have to leave and go to a different place. And we're like traveling. We're we're going from place to place to place like that. It's like you got a segment of the dream. You got to see that you got to this place, and then you lay down and you go to sleep, and you you're there. Well. The next dream is you wake up at that place and you travel a great big distance to another place. So we just keep going. We're like leapfrogging from well, – it's like we're on vacation, going to different places along the way, you know? I think – I think I, it's like I've always said, you should move to Portland. Maybe that dream is about you ultimately moving to Portland because that's, that's just like that. I mean you would be – yeah, it would, it would take you about – if you're going 100 miles a day, it would take you like a week. Yep, yep. All right, guys. All right, man. All right, man. Hey, it's been great. Matthew Miller, everybody, on The Iron Show. All right. And we are still here hanging with uh, Joe and uh, Leonard, right? And uh, Michael. I'm still here. Uh, So what's on your your mind, uh, Joe? What's on my mind? Yes. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) Just... Just craziness uh, right now of, of just uh, I, I live in uh, Colorado and uh, right now the the weather systems have definitely uh, have been just extremely abnormal. Uh, you know, first day of summer in the uh, high high country we, we received uh, two foot of snow, which is unheard of. 
Um, uh, every storm that has come through here has been uh, uh, of severe, you know, nature, uh, either hail or tornadoes, which is um, unheard of. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's not just this state, but all across the United States. So uh, a lot of things going on. Um, it seems that uh, things are definitely ramping up and we're definitely heading uh, towards something. Uh, Dr. Stan, not Dr. Stan, but Stan Dale, he lives in your neighborhood and he's been talking about mm-hmm. the same thing. Right. He thinks the sun is acting up. He thinks that's what's doing it. And uh, he says the sun is acting strange. It's doing things that are um, unknown because uh, just lately, um, especially in Colorado, they've been uh, receiving UVC rays, which have never been seen before. We've never had those before. And now we're getting UVC rays. You know, there's UVA, UVB. But in Colorado, some of the ranchers, um, they're getting UVC rays there, which is scary. If you ask me, I... yeah. Those are ones that we don't get, but now we're getting them. Have you heard wow. about that? Yeah. I'm going to have to look at that a lot uh, closer then because that, that means that, uh, well, the, the, that means, <laughs> well, things are happening and there's, there's he, he describes the earth as wearing out as a rag. So that means that there's definitely a breakdown of uh, molecules that, uh, that's, that's quite, that's, uh, that's unnerving. I, I did not. I was not aware of that. I'm going to have to go look at that. Yeah, if but. you listen to, I can send you some links, but Standeo every Tuesday, sometimes Thursdays, he's on with Hagman for an hour. And that's been okay. his big thing, talking about the sun, what it's doing lately. And right. It's, just, it's doing strange things, which is kind of scary, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's going, and there's also an expert on the solar minimum that I was listening to today. He was talking about the UVC rays, too. And uh, he thinks we're going into a cooling period, maybe another ice age. This is the beginning of an, of an ice age. Which, have you ever, have you ever heard of that? Have you... Um, you know, I, I, that's, uh, oh, goodness. I, you know, I would say that everything's going to be in turmoil as we get closer uh, to, well, the event horizon. So... You know, I, I don't know as far as uh, an ice age. I know it seems that one side of the globe seems to be extremely hot while the other one was cooling down. And now it seems, uh, you know, now we're in, which is strange in Colorado, we're just now getting into heat. Uh, it's been actually quite cool here for this time of year. And uh, now we're starting to get into the hotter temperatures. Yeah. Um, so it just it just seems that everywhere it's it's uh, in flux. Um, not alone, you know, just the you know reading just this year, which you know we're not even to the to the end of this year. Uh, the the animal kill offs have just been astronomical. Uh, you know, bird and and as well as aquatic life. Um, so you know, definitely taking looking at all these things and taking them into account, and uh, uh, it's. It's exciting. It's you know, it, it's unnerving, but yet exciting at the same time. You know, it's not boring. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not boring whatsoever. Uh, yes. No, there's no time to be bored right now, and 
Um, you know, uh, just on a little side note, uh, you know, been very, very busy here just with, uh, within a community, uh, my little home church that I attend, we witnessed, uh, uh, two people, uh, went down to the Platte river, uh, right off the highway, which was kind of hilarious, um, and baptized two people today. And, and, uh, it's just, so I, you know, it's, it's these things that I'm hopeful for. It's, it's, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm. I'm striving for is to is is I want as many to enter the kingdom as as possible. Is as these times grow uh, closer. That's great. You're really doing the Great Commission in real life. I mean, that's that's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. It is good stuff. Really good stuff. I need to baptize some people. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You can't baptize them in my trailer park bathtub though. It's tiny. Oh, but, sure you uh, could. You know, you're like me, you know. Um, when we get these windstorms, uh, I live in a travel trailer, a 30-foot prowler. And when mm-hmm. the windstorms hit, man, this thing really rocks. And uh, I, every, everybody else in the trailer park gets really scared. And uh, I'm, in the, I'm, on, I'm in my living room on the couch, you know, watching TV while the trailer's just rocking with the wind. And I'm like, I'm just like, blow it over, Jesus, blow it over. <laughs> Just, it is just fun. It. It's not boring. All this weird weather. No, it's, no, not no, no. There's no time to be bored. That's for sure. You know. Hey. And, and, well, I was, I was, there's a verse in the Bible that says that men will be perplexed by the wind and the roaring of the sea. Did I say that right? Uh, I, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Perplexed by the waves and the roaring mm-hmm. of the waves. Oh, I mm-hmm. should. I better find that. How do you spell perplex? Perplexed. <laughs> My the wet roaring of the waves. I find it here. Oh yeah, Luke. Luke, there we go. Good old Bible hub there. Ah, what do you want to see? In, uh, NASB. Uh, there will be signs in the sun. Oh, we, we're seeing that, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. Stan Dale. That's his territory. There will be signs in the sun. That's happening now. And the moon and the stars. And on the earth, dismay among the nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. That's in Luke. Uh, Luke twenty one twenty five. Right. Right. Wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's actually that's actually a mouthful right there um that's uh that's some serious end time prophecy there saint Luke. right there i was gonna say that's that's a <laughs> I, that's more time i'm gonna have to get off here uh matthew and i are gonna do uh a little a little show here in just a few minutes oh and- i didn't know okay so, uh, but uh, Ooh, the party's moving over there. All right, party time! <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Um. So okay. Well, it's been great hanging with you, Joe. We'll have to you just guys bring you, too, on. man. Such yeah. an honor. Such an honor. I've been uh, I've been a huge fan of yours for many years. Uh, actually, when I very first became a Christian, you were one of the very few that I could actually. Uh, palette uh just because you weren't uh well you were just what i needed at that time so i just wanted to say thank you for that and thank you for all your all the shows and all the dedication i had no idea wow oh yeah 
That's, oh yeah, yeah. See, there you yeah. go, Johnny. That's a humble. That's a hum. That's some humbling information right there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, thank you, thank you. You really got me through. Uh, you know, you you, uh, you you were the one that introduced me to to Brother Matthew, and and you also helped. Uh, well, you keep me. You kept me going through. That was some. You know, some very difficult times, especially when you first come out of that darkness uh um you're not sure you're pretty raw and not sure where where to go and uh and and your show was just uh, such a blessing so i just wanted to say that and, and say thank you and and god bless you uh for, wow. for everything that you do wow i don't even know what to say but you're certainly uh you're certainly welcome on the iron show uh we'll have to do some sessions with you so, oh, I'd be, I would be so honored. I would be so honored. That would be a blast, man. That would be an absolute blast. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to do it then. Le- me All and right. Leonard. Yeah, All me, right. you, and Leonard, and, and we'll bring Michael in, too. It'll be great. Okay. Yee-hoo. Yeah, it's All great right. to meet you, man. That's, hey, good to really meet you awesome. guys. I like your insights a yeah, lot. good to meet you, brother. Oh, well, thank you guys very much. I, I had an absolute blast with you guys tonight, but uh, I better cruise off and uh, and and go... Hang with the master Matthew. You've got work. You've got work to do. Got work to do. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Well, dude, it was awesome hanging with you. I love your voice. I just love your voice. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm an audio. It took when I first started doing this. I was like, oh, oh. I I, I've never liked the sound of my voice, but uh, oh, you sound great, especially through my third octave here. Oh, that's, that's okay. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We'll get you on the Iron Show. I don't even care what you say. I just want to listen to your voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. I, dude, I'm so. I thank you for saying all that stuff because, you know, Johnny gets on here thinking nobody's listening. You know, so when you say that to me, I'm like, wow, that's that's encouraging. <laughs> Well, well, good, good. It should be, and uh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Johnny. Good stuff. So, oh, man, uh, I'm gonna bow out, you guys. All right, uh, man. Love you guys. God bless, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Absolutely, cool, absolutely. Man. Great. Have a great show. We'll listen later. Yeah. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Thanks, later. guys. Talk I'm definitely later. gonna check out your podcast too. Yeah, we'll get you on the Fringe Radio Network, maybe. Okay. <laughs> you know, I own the Fringe Radio Network now. Right? No, I know. I know oh. you do. I yeah, know you so. do. Anyway, we'll talk. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> All right. Rock on, man. Rock on. <laughs> rock on, guys. Good night. All right. That was Joe. I can't say his last name. Was, was, right, man. Oh, I wish I could Musilla. put it on. What's uh, Joe Mazula? Joe, no. Musidla. Musidla? Musidla. 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 Is yeah. that like a talent? should have asked him when he was here. Yeah, huh? How do you say your last name? How about just Joe M? We'll just call him. That was, that was an awesome conversation. I really, I really, really like where Matthew was going with some of that. Um, tying in this, the firmament. and and But, Johnny, you never got to what you said you where you wanted the show to go we just kept talking about that stuff where i didn't know where did i I, we just wanted to ask him like you were about to take it somewhere and then i had a question and then um and you said what you really wanted to talk about tonight was and then i jumped into the question and then we we didn't get back to whatever it was that you said you wanted to talk about no you saved my ass because i forgot 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> I still can't remember. That's hey, we, what, should have, we should have brought up everything we talked about that, that day. We we did, though. We we did, didn't we? Uh, we should have talked about sin. Uh, Where sin? did sin come from? Who made sin? Uh, we'll, okay, we'll get him back and we'll talk oh, about okay. that. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and Leonard was talking about, well, God made everything, so he must have made sin. Right? And, I mean, that was a guess. I mean, he doesn't really believe it, but he's, you know, we're thinking. We're thinking out loud. Leonard's thinking out loud. We're doing that with each other a lot. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I told him, I was t- telling Leonard, my opinion about it was that sin isn't a thing that's a creation. Sin is a, is a, is a mistake. It's something that doesn't work. It's something that's, it's like, a, you know how you have a math problem? And there's like only one right answer. Yeah. Well, if you have the wrong answer, that's sin. That's and it's so it's not a creation; it's an error. Missing the mark, right? Yeah, it's like an right. error. Yeah. It's, so we were just saying because you know God creates everything, and so He, you know, He says this is right. Then why would God create wrong or allow wrong? If I don't uh, know, it was just a question, but we were just going back and forth with. Uh, not to say that I believe any of this. Like I said, God ain't afraid of your question. So, well, God is like an American, uh, an original American, like a founding father. He he wants freedom, and the only way you can have freedom is to have a choice between right and wrong, and this and that, up and down, Amen. left and right, north and south, light and dark, light and dark. You know, I mean, that's God is dedicated to providing freedom. He is all about freedom. He's like a he's like an original American. So he knows that all kinds of terrible things will happen, but he knows yeah. that freedom is expensive. And so if you really want freedom, you have to be willing to pay for it because it's not cheap. All kinds of bad things can happen. It's risky. Right? Or not? Well, that's the whole point of the Bible is like he gave us freedom to make a, make the wrong choice. And um, we were on live for a little while yesterday discussing what kind of property the Garden of Eden is in the real estate manual. And it's called a fee simple estate or I forget the name of it, but we talked about it. And it's like you can have this property on the grounds that you never dot, dot, dot. And if you ever dot, 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 you will lose this property. And so we lost our first estate with being sinless. We, but that was our choice. And if he hadn't given us free choice, then we would never be able to really ever attain to ruling and reigning as king priests with him. So that's like the whole point is freedom. And people just don't understand freedom. They don't understand like being their own boss. They were so trained to be kind of slaves. Yeah. You know? Oh, I mean, yes. Yeah. No, keep keep so talking. Crazy. I'm just I always like stick words in there and agree with you. So don't don't stop talking when you're going well, I, off. I mean, we're working like crazy, but it was cool coming to Hawaii last year because, you know, obviously I came out of um a pretty intensive situation with the children of God, um that cult that I didn't realize like honestly, like I didn't realize how controlling they were because they had a lot of good things. You know, they taught us all about the end time. They introduced me to the fringe, to the info war, to mystic Christians, to everything. 
But then I didn't know that within that group there was a lot of um, control and Jezebel going on too. It was almost like they, like the Jesuits, Jesuits, Jezebel, ooh, they also, they have good people working in them and they probably have a lot of good doctrine too, but then they have a lot of evil in the background that takes place in the Vatican and I mean nobody needs to beat that dead horse either, but... But in the same way, I came out of that, and then it was like, we came to Hawaii, and I basically had to start completely from scratch. I've only just one time visited my aunt and uncle in Maui. Um, I haven't even been back to Florida to see my family yet, which I still need to do. But um, but it's been interesting kind of coming to America, like from Asia land, being gone for 10 years, and then coming to America and seeing it through fresh eyes. It's like, well, we can do whatever we want, I guess. It's like, do we want to join the military? I don't know. Do we want to get a job at the burger barn? Why not? You know, you know, worked at a hard rock cafe and working at different restaurants and using my Japanese and um, applying for different jobs. And my wife, the same thing. She's gotten different things. And it's really like, wow, it's like we're, we're free. We can actually, I mean, in a communist country, you can't just move somewhere. No. Like, you can't just move to Moscow or in Soviet Russia if you want, or move out. You have to. You be have approved. to stay where the government tells you to stay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and it's sort of this start from scratch thing. But then in America, the thing is the the mammon is so intense. It's yes. very easy to get sucked into. Like, because yes. I bought a motorcycle, I bought a V Star. You know, I like it. Six fifty. Yeah, good cool. looking bike. Works yeah. great. Need to change the oil in it, but it was like great deal on Craigslist because all these, you know, people they leave Hawaii and they they sell their bikes for super cheap. You know, oh, they cracked me up. You're talking about your bike. Oh, I need to change the oil in. It. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I do. I need to change the oil. It's like an emergency. Leonard will come over. Leonard will come over and get. Ga- Leonard will come over and give you some gas, all right, Leonard? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle of a. I, uh, you, Hawaii one, highway one. Could you guys, uh, somebody pick me up? Uh, Leonard's got a lot of gas. He could bring you a lot of gas. Right, Leonard? Okay. <laughs> What's that? I got, got 8,600, 8, 8, 8,600 gallons, baby. You're hauling 8,600 gallons of gas? Oh my gosh. No, really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. He's a, he, that's what, that's what Leonard does. He drives a gas tanker. No kidding. Yeah, big old. Is it shiny and silver? Right. That's what. That's what I'm in right now. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm doing the show from the tanker. Yeah. Yep. So we've got the trailer park at the end of the world. Yeah. We've got the tanker full of gas. Yep. And I'm just sitting here by a pool with this little, teensy little, little studio office thing in paradise in Hawaii. <laughs> Right, well, it's city here, man. Yeah. It's we're in Hawaii, but we're in Waikiki, which is like this is like South Beach in Miami. Like it's it's beautiful, but there's I've seen people get their faces smashed in in front of me. I've, really? I've seen tons of crime. I've had tons of things stolen from me. Um, really? I mean, I have to use, just to walk from my house, my our apartment to the studio office. I have to literally use like four or five different keys, like. Just to use the elevator, I have to activate it like three times. Because people will get in. Yes. Like everything in the kitchen sink. Like I've had people steal our laundry that we were doing just because, you know, we left it there too long. You know, $100 worth of clothes and stuff. Not, you know, it's, it's beautiful here and it is, but it's a, it's a big battle. It's definitely a warfare zone, I think. 
But anyway, yeah, you know, freedom, uh, and you know, we're we're doing the dream. You know, the Fringe Radio Network. It's a kind of an Americana thing. You know, big trucks. I love your truck, Johnny. I saw that picture of your truck. It's just like <laughs> it's a, a monster beast. truck. It's not like Leonard. Leonard, do you have a story about hauling a tanker? A little story. Hauling a tank. No, the only story I had is when I seen Bigfoot. <laughs> you saw Bigfoot while you were hauling the tanker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember I told you Bigfoot came to my car butt naked? Yeah. It's this huge, huge woman butt naked tried to get in his truck. Oh, yeah. No. Because yeah. Leonard goes, Leonard's in Long Beach. He goes through this place where there's like a city of homeless people. There's like ten thousand oh, of them all over the sides of the road, and a lot of them are naked and they're freaking out on meth. I've heard, yeah, Hawaii's a little bit yeah. like that too now. Yeah, I was recently just on Skid Row the other day. I went to go meet up with my friend who works for the uh, the uh, L.A. Union Rescue Mission, and we were just walking it around Skid Row, and he was he was just kind of telling me that he kind of gets like kind of gets burnt out of, you know, helping the people around there because he's like, these people here really don't want help. Like, they really like living, like, this lifestyle yeah. of the tent, of the tent. They get they get Social Security. Not only that, but it's like a big party, dude. Like, when you go down the street, everybody's out playing dominoes, drinking, smoking, prostituting. In the middle of the street, Slamming heroin, pissing on the pissing on the uh, on the police station wall, right in front of the police. Wow! So it's like you know, and, and so there's like really, you can pretty much do anything out there, anything. And you got people laid out. And my 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 homie would tell me he's like, look, dude. He goes, look at all these trendy people right here. He's all, they'll they'll be the first ones to talk about the homeless, but they walk right by them. Without asking this guy, hey man, are you okay? Are you, do you need a doctor? There was this guy literally on the floor with his, you know, his hand over his head like he was dying. This one guy just walked by, you know, you could tell he was, you know, with a beard and his short hair, and you know, and he just walked by him, you know. And my friend was like, he was like, man, you know, so those will be the first persons to, to talk about these people, but they'll be the last people to help them, you know. So, but he, he was just telling me that it's like, it's a struggle, man, because he's like, these people, they, it's, it's like they're working the system. They know how to work the system. And they really don't want help. And so the people that go inside the Union Rescue Mission that go there, you got to, he goes, you can't go and try to bring them here. Because you got to, they got to actually come in willingly. So there's people that come in just to eat and they'll leave, you know, but... The tents are crazy, man. I mean, they're all through there, you know. Is is it so, is it is it violence, or do they all kind of look out for each other? I mean, it's not everybody. It, there's, there's really not that much violence. I mean, there is, you know, but it's like uh, everybody knows everybody, so everybody knows what boundaries they can they can cross, or what bounds they can't cross. You mean what lines they can and can't? Yeah, because you no, know, I mean. There's, out there that are running things there's people out there that you know it's prostitution everywhere you know i mean it's just it's crazy dude you can feel the, the thickness of the demonic activity i mean you can just feel it you know they're just in the middle of the street i'm talking about in row is not just one one street we're talking about it goes from like san pedro to maine to, to olympic it goes all the way from like from like first all the way to 
all the way all the way to the Theosophy Society place, like thirty fourth, thirty third Street. So, how many miles long do you think that community is? It, it, it's all through downtown LA, and the surrounding areas. Oh, even if, even when you go towards South Central, Watts, and you know, I mean, it's it's just it's everywhere. Everywhere. So I mean, right now, I mean, I'm in a nice area right now, delivering gas in Orange County. Oh yeah, in a rich area, and there's homeless people everywhere. Really, everywhere. Just walking around. I love Orange County. Yeah, it sounds so, like Hawaii in a lot of places, but yeah, it is. L. A. Is. is like the you know we're hearing in the news um, reported that heroin shots and meth are really cheap and easy to get. And they're doing that on purpose, and they're also chucking in all these illegals. Like, just what is it going to be like? Uh, like, like a million more people just this year they're going to be brought in from all the third world. So they're trying to bring America down. The you know the deep state people, and you can see it with your own eyes. Anytime you go to any major city that you know, especially the ones that the Democrats are, are really in, in control of. And, I mean, uh, they really don't. They really don't have to do all that to bring America down. They can just let America into sin. That will bring America down. They can let America into pornography. That will bring America down. Into drug use. That will bring America down. Into taking God out of the schools. That will bring America down. It's not the actual people. It's the spiritualness of of, of the people. You can have a, yes. a, a, a million people here that are born here. You know, and no immigrants come in and. It, and society will still fall into itself because of sin. It's the, the, the problem is sin. The problem is being doing what you want. You know, that's the problem. I see it here in Los Angeles. That's the problem. You know, when I was out on the streets, I would always tell people, I don't have a drug problem, man. My problem is a sin problem. I got a problem with sin. I like sin. It's not that I like doing drugs. It's that I like to sin. My flesh, I always say my flesh, Wants nothing to do with God, nothing, nothing yep. at all. Yep, that's my nothing to do with God. But my spirit, my spirit yearns, yearns for relationship with God. Yeah, yearns. Now the thing is, and like I always tell my kids, what are you living more in? Are you living more of the flesh, or are you living in the spirit? Because if you yeah. live more in the yeah. flesh, you're gonna, you're going to feed the flesh. You're going to give into the desires of the flesh, and this is Man. what we're seeing out in the streets. You're seeing people. Giving in to the desires of the flesh, and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna bring this country down mm-hmm. is the desires of the flesh, doing what you want, sinning all the you know I mean that that's, and the, the the love waxing cold like Johnny was saying about uh about, about Sodom and Gomorrah how they treated the poor right Johnny yeah that, it was illegal to be poor in Sodom that was the right. death penalty they they would right. one of the things they do is they would set you on a throne and and bring you silver and gold and diamonds and jewels and put a crown on you but you weren't allowed to eat or drink so you would sit on the throne and starve to death right so those are the things that are going to bring this country down if, if you you can have i always like i tell i tell my friend laws do not change people people don't change because of laws you can pass whatever law you want yeah it's not going to change nobody no the only thing that's going to change somebody is god it's Jesus Christ. That's it. Yeah. It's having it's having a, a relationship with God, and uh, you know, that's that's the only thing that's going to change people. If you want somebody to stop beating their wife, well, they got to change from within themselves. Yeah. There's no law of domestic violence that's going to stop that. It's going to keep reoccurring over and over. I see it all the time where I live. 
There's nothing that's going to, you can pass whatever laws you want. It doesn't matter. If the people are not walking with the Holy Spirit, no, there is no man-made law that's going to change humanity, period. Yeah, it's they, not happen. the only way is to soften their hearts, you know, and I pray that every night. That's my prayer every night. Jesus, soften my heart and open my eyes because my heart is made out of stone and my eyes are blind. And so um, I might know a little bit more than somebody else, but I'm still pretty much blind, and my heart is hard. So let's all pray that. Jesus, soften our hearts and open our eyes. Amen. Amen, amen. Right. Amen. That's what you have but to yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. You know, like, it, it's not... I mean, sinners that are out there sinning, they don't know any better, man. You, it, it's hard to tell a sinner, like, hey, man, you're going to hell, when they don't even believe in hell. No, right. Like, yes. it's, it's not a reality to them. So no. it's like, sin has already been judged, so we have really no business to sin, uh, mean, to judge a sinner. No. I mean, our, our, our duty is just to love them. Right. It's to show the love of Christ, but to sit there and say, hey, dude, you're going straight to hell because of blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, wait a minute. They don't even believe in hell. They don't even believe in God. They don't even know anything about that. Yeah, St. Paul said that we're not supposed to concern ourselves with the sins of the unbelievers. We are only focus about sin is within the body of Christ, the believers. St. Paul right. said that. Right, and that's kind of my pet peeve when I see Christians judging non-believers right. and getting mad at them. It's like, dude, like, wait a minute. Wait. You're a Christian, man. Like, you've got no business saying that to them. No. St. Paul said that really clearly. You're not supposed to do that. He all he said the focus on sin has to be within the church, not outside the world. That's not uh, yes. it's none of your business, basically. That's what Saint but Paul it's said. Really, it's, yeah, but it's really easy to fall into this my team, your team, and it's like, well, wait a minute, I ain't part of no team. I'm, I'm just part of Jesus. That's it. Yeah, we're we're, play, we're on a whole different playing field. We ain't playing on this earth. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I, I don't go into Republican, Democrat, this, that, whatever. It don't matter because neither of them neither of them are on God's team. No. Neither of them man made law. So none of the man made stuff is, is with God. Yeah. At all. Jesus was not a Republican. People think he was a Republican. I mean, come on. He was a radical left wing, almost communist. Take everything you have and sell it and give it to the poor. That's what he told the rich guy. I mean, come on, that's not something a Republican would say. <laughs> you know, he just wasn't a Republican. Now, he was, when it, when you're talking about sin, I mean, Jesus would, would be a Republican, more conservative than the Democrats, but he was totally outside. You couldn't label him. There's just no way. So, yeah, right. politically... But Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords, and he's coming to take back the planet. The nations will all... Um, come to Jerusalem and bring their first fruits, and you know, I mean, I used to think, well, America's Babylon and whatever, but um, actually, I think he's he's going to use America a lot, and that's why you have all these communists trying to bring down the 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 wall. Um, morally, we're compromising ourselves. Then we'll just be like, okay, Satan, we're ready for you, you know. So that's there. The communists actually have this written down that when you have a conservative country like America, the program is to introduce, you know, a lot of um, perverted sexuality and a lot of the kind of legislation that's that we see that's pushing the removal of free speech. And, and you know, they're doing all this right now 
but it, it's because there is something. I think there is something at the core of, of America that is, at least it's a it's an experiment that is actually trying to reach towards the freedom that we have in Christ. But you're right. I don't think I think we're going somewhere that's so much further above you know, the left or right wing path of the Masons, you know, it's definitely, we're not supposed to be that obsessed with politics. It's just, it could, it's like, why not? Like if you're in a country, you might as well learn the laws of the land and, um, and yeah. see where, you know, for example, what are your rights as a father? What are your rights as a homeowner? What are your rights as a citizen? Um, you know, and, and then looking at the Bible, it's like, wow, the laws in the Bible really 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 cool like the and that's and that's why we're supposed to just love the word and reread it reread it not to get under the law in christ where you know where the law is of love but man it's like everything's following this following this pattern this set thing of like well you know here's how god's kingdom is organized and it's just like you don't even mess with one jot or tittle of the law or especially of revelation it's like this this um i don't know it's this multi-dimensional construct that it's just perfect and it converts the soul and you know etc um and that's why we need to do more shows guys i have you know, a verse get I have shows a, where we get into the word and I, the mystery of the bible yeah know? i have a verse that addresses exactly what you were saying about politics and everything um jesus said okay this is in this is in uh mark mark 1217, 1215, 1215, uh, starting with Mark 12, 16. So they brought it, and he asked them, and this is a penny. So they brought the penny, and they asked him, and they asked him, whose image is this, and whose inscription? Wait, okay, they brought him a penny, and he asked them, Jesus asked them, whose image is this? He's looking at the penny. Whose image is this, and whose inscription? And Caesar's, they answered. Then Jesus told them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they marveled at him. So, Jesus was trying to separate politics from from religion, from Christianity, right there. I believe that. They showed Amen. him a, yeah. yeah, they showed it's him just a something so much farther above. Like, it's like, okay, you live in Rome. Yeah, that's fine. Although he still, I mean, that shows that Jesus recognized the Roman law yeah that he was like you know what i'm not telling you not to pay your taxes and then he was like okay well you know i mean when he was crucified he was crucified under um pontius pilate naming him king of the jews the jews didn't like that but that was a that was a legitimate thing he just basically crowned jesus king in three languages when jesus returns he is legitimately the king of the jews <laughs> like as crowned by the most powerful um government at the time, yes, and maybe he, ever since then, we will you know? re, we will return to a theocracy like it was in ancient Israel, where God was the king. Yeah, yeah, you know, because he told them he did don't get a king like the other nations. I'm your king, but they wanted a king so badly, right? He's going if you have a king, he'll enslave you and do all kinds of things and make you pay taxes and take your women. And they're like, I don't care, we want a king. God wanted to be the king. He said, I'm your king. Yes. Right. So, and that's what this is. This is, and and then and you were talking about the politics. How we're, you know, we're not the Christians supposed to be kind of separated from all that. They live in their own world, and that's what this verse is about. I think 
You know, I mean, you know, they're talking, they showed him a coin. Well, this represents the government, the money system, everything, right? And he's like, whose, whose image is this? This is Caesar's, right? It's all politics. He was the, he was the, you know, the ruler. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So that separates the two, right? I think, I think so. I Isn't think that there's a separation? something that's just sacrosanct about the, the secret place of the Most High that is where it's like the core of everything. The kingdom of God is within you, too. It's like not just a country of Israel with a king that tells you what to do. It's like this intimate family and, you know, drink drink my blood. I have, like, I have that's a, pretty yes, amazing. That's, that's, eat my flesh that's like and a, drink my blood. You know, most of them walked away when he said that. In fact, all of the crowd walked away and only the yeah. disciples were left. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? We don't, we're going to eat you? <laughs> yeah. I was just reading that. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was just reading that passage, and that's exactly what happened. There was a big crowd, and he told them all, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven." And the whole crowd left. They're like, "No way, this is weird." And the disciples were there, and they were just perplexed. <laughs> and they're like, "What? What are you talking about? We're gonna. We don't want to eat you." <laughs> and, you know, and then he explained it to him as a spiritual thing. But you know, um, the kingdom of heaven is within you. I'm wondering if that is actually uh, not true. I know the kingdom of heaven is among you. The kingdom of heaven is uh, upon you, but not within you. I would like to look that up. Is that Does the Bible actually say it's within you? Because there's some error coming out of that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems to me that it's something like... Well, let's look at what the... What the mar- what the beast is doing? And then I gotta I gotta fly. I've gotta yeah. I have to make a call. But I think there's something to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show about the CERN Hadron Collider and the Mark of the Beast and kind of like this surpassing the dimensions. They're trying to get into the core of what it means to be human, and that's where you know to be a, a citizen of the beast system, you give up your humanity and you can be damned. But then you are damned if you do it. And then if if you look at Christ's kingdom, it's like 144,000 are marked in the book of Revelation for this end time era. And then it's like he he has this intimacy with each of us that's, that's I don't know how it works, but it's a very mystical kind of thing where it's it's like as close as like your inner core reactor of whatever it is that makes you who you are. You know, that that is how deep it goes. And we don't even really completely understand it. But it's something like like between the marrow, the bones and the blood and and of of something that just moves you when you see a movie about somebody who sacrifices themselves. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's a king right there, man. That is the hero. I want to follow him. And that's something that anybody can understand, especially pagans. Yeah. You You know, your king died for you. Oh, what a great king! Oh yeah, you like know? good King Wenceslas and stuff. Could, okay, so, I looked this up. I looked this up because I was wondering if it actually says that. Now it is in Luke seventeen twenty one. It's the uh, the NIV. Nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within your midst. See, that's what I, it's among you, uh, oh, around okay. you. Uh, you won't be able to, NL, NLV, you won't be able to say, here it is, it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. 
ASV, uh, Kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Uh, the Berean Bible, Kingdom of God is in your midst. Uh, literal Bible, uh, Kingdom of God is in your midst. NASB, uh, the Kingdom of God is in your midst. King James Bible, the Kingdom of God is within you. That's where it comes from. Okay. So okay. The, it actually, yeah, I mean, that's that the, too. The King yeah. James Act. <laughs> no, I was here. I've uh-huh. been hearing people saying that within you. I mean, I always thought it was around you, among you, but not within you. Oh, but, okay. And so okay. I was wondering if the Bible actually says it's within you, but the King James does say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go, baby. Wow. Awesome. Now, this is so cool. It's always so, it's so iron sharpening iron talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah. I love your shows. I've been following Leonard's shows. I love what he's doing. It's just let's let's keep keep it rolling and um, and yes. I'm glad that you're friends with Gil Hodges. He's got a lot going with the Kingdom Talks. Yeah, he contacted they're, they're really me. Flying. Yeah. So um, I want to thank you, Michael, for uh, all your hard work on the Fringe Radio Network. Um, you're my boy. You're my main guy. And I just want to I just want to get you in public and thank you for all the hard work you've done for the Fringe Radio Network. You know, and the Iron Show. So, and Leonard too. You know, Leonard. With you guys. Leonard was on this big show, uh, big podcast, as a guest a couple a week ago or so. And what did, when he said, "Where do we find you?" What did you say, Leonard? I said the Fringe Radio Network dot com. Yes. I said the Fringe Radio Network dot com, and he's all, "Is there any well or anywhere else we can meet you?" I said, "No, the Fringe Radio Network dot com." Cool. Oh, dude, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys, man, you're my boys. And I just wanted to thank you. You guys have done a lot of hard work to promote the network. And I'm just, I'm very grateful to both of you. So, um, did that guy, was he didn't like want to go to the Fringe Radio Network? He was hoping for some other place. No, I just, well, <laughs> I, maybe. I, I kind of got that. But I, I said, look, Fringe Radio Network, they're not all Christians. So, buyer beware. But the thing is, we're not trying to preach. I go, the thing is, we're not trying to preach to the choir, baby. And what did he say? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Johnny, I love Johnny. Johnny of the Iron. He's like, yeah, I know Johnny. Johnny, yeah, he's he's very interesting, he said. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I am. I said, I love That's my boy. I love him, man. Very weird. (laughs) Johnny's very weird. He's a strange boy. But uh, yeah, yeah. So thank you very much. I want. I can't wait to hear that session. I forget the name of the podcast, but it's getting pretty big. Um, they kicked me out of their group. He kicked me out of their group. What? When? Yeah, they were asking for prayers, and I wanted hair. When was this? Uh, they were. They were saying uh, if the, anybody has this, like a, a, a prayer. Oh, when did When did they kick you out? How long ago? Uh, about six months ago. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I was in his group. He's the master of, of his group. And they were had their prayer request. Does anybody have any prayer requests? And I asked for hair. And they they got really <laughs> <laughs> That is really funny. I was serious. Got offended of that? I yeah, was serious. I, <laughs> I wasn't joking. Right? But they thought that was like totally evil to ask for that. Uh, so I don't that, even know why they let me on the show. Because he's getting big, and it's more promotion for you. And me and him are still friends. After he kicked me out of the group, he go, he contacted me, and he goes, I hope you're not like, going to divorce me for kicking you out of the group. I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm still your boy. So... 
It's weird when people do that. Just bring him back. Oh, my God. Well, they made a big mistake because they're on a group of small-time podcasters just starting out, and they're asking tech oh. questions and how do I, you know, how do I get my n- more numbers? And, and mm-hmm. I, I came in as the owner of the network, right? And I'm like, I've got the numbers, dude. I mean, we're at 2.5 million downloads now. So, yeah. I mean... And so I thought I could come in there and help these guys out, right? And but but they made a big mistake kicking me out because I could have given them the big numbers. Anybody who's worthy to be on the Fringe Era Network, if me and Michael approve you, if me and Michael like your show, we bring you on the network. You're going to get thousands of listeners instantly. So that's amazing that we can. I don't know how many people are able to just like do that with a with a spreaker feed <laughs> like well it's not just it's kind spreaker. of a crazy thing but it's it works though i mean well the reason you know. the, the reason is is because the fringe radio network is coming on 9 years old so it's uh-huh. a, it's an ancient network and the more the older you get the more people clone your site there are mirrors of the network oh. All over the world, I found wow. I found over a hundred. It's because when people are learning HTML, learning to build, to build websites, what they'll do, what's a popular thing to do, is to grab another website and modify it, and they learn how to do coding that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's really popular to grab your website and mirror it, right, and re- redesign it. That's what they do. They take an existing site, redesign it, and put it up on mm-hmm. the internet. So there are all kinds of versions of the Fringe Area Network. Dude, I've found Spanish versions, Italian versions, Swedish versions, Norwegian versions, French versions, South African versions. And they all look pretty cool. They're all totally different. But they have grabbed our shows, and they've actually archived them from there. So they're kicking that on their servers. So when we have 2.5 million downloads, think of all the mirrors. We more like have 100 million downloads. In reality. Wow. 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 Well, with that, I'm guys and I'll be I'll be around, but I'll I'll see you guys pretty soon. We should do this again soon. I well, love you guys. We have to. Uh, we have to. Oh yeah. Alright. I wanna thank Michael Bashan. Where's my oh there it is. I want to thank Michael Basham. I want to thank my co-host, Leonard Olivares, the original Long Beach Mexican gangster on the Fringe Rare Network. <laughs> the co-host now of The Iron Show. I want to thank you. I want to thank Matthew Miller. I want to thank Joe M. And we're going to have to get him back to see how he did it. I want to thank Matt. I want to thank Dr. Future and Peter Goodgame for early inspiration. Oh, yes, I do. And I want to thank Bruce Collins. The Iron Show is on the Fringe Radio Network at the behest of Bruce Collins. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, until next time, remember, Johnny loves you.
love how the guitar just fades out to nothing slowly. Uh, you know, I always bet your guitar. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.